What's going on, guys? It's the 75th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. After a week off, we hope that, you know, we, we hope you've missed us. Um, if you haven't, it's fine, I understand. Uh, but we're back. And I believe, Jamie, that these right here are the, are the Chronicles of Beyond Extinction. Oh, yeah, they are, boys. Wonderful. Well, let's get started. Hey, Hey, honey bunny, it's Rivka Reyes. This is Ron Wasserman, the nut that wrote Go Go Power Rangers. It's Boba Fett here. This is Molly Rennick from Living Dead Girl. It's WWE superstar legend, Davy Boy Smith's daughter, Georgia Smith. Hi, I'm Jude. I play guitar. Hi, my name is Zach. I play... Hi, I'm Mile. I play drums in Beyond the Extinction. And you're what? Chronicles of Pog with Tom and Jamie. So the older you get, the cooler you get. There's nothing worse than wet socks. Nothing yes. worse. Nothing worse than I mean, there's probably a lot of things worse. It's like dying. Oh, I'm sensing something in the room. Yes, it's your bullshit, Derek. Shut the fuck up. Hello, everybody. We are back for the 75th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And Are the Chronicles of Beyond Extinction. It is I, the bearded Brummy Jamie, and joining me, as always, as always, this handsome bugger right here. Good from Tom. For those of you, I imagine, because the microphone, I don't think the microphone picked it up properly, uh, that, was the, that was the American National Anthem, wasn't it? It was. I was going to go through yeah. with this week's band, and then I couldn't quite work out how to do a deathcore these in a high-pitched tone. Well, well, well yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I said, when, when... It's all right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'd, I'd imagine. I'd imagine it. Yes, of course. Uh, you are obviously in reference to the fact that we are off last week uh, yes. because I was in the old US of A. Um, Indeed, worse, sir. Cracking week. Cracking week, Jamie. I didn't want to come home. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not surprised. It was one of those, it was really surreal. The most surrealist thing, I think, was um, obviously taking off at 9am for about a seven and a half to eight hour flight and landing at midday was yeah. the weirdest. <laughs> like, but it's, you know, because my watch, because there's obviously no internet in the sky, um, yeah. my watch was at like 5pm. UK time, and as soon as the wheels touched the ground, it was like midday. It's like, oh wait, hang on, wait, <laughs> but hang on, I've just have I have I got back in time, or is what what's going on here? Um, time travel. It was so weird, dude. So when we got to Monday Night Raw the Monday night, like we'd been awake by the time that I'd finished, we'd been awake for twenty five hours. Oh, excuse me. So it was. It was pretty brutal. I'm not gonna lie. It was pretty brutal. So like we got we adapted to American time and now we're back. We're like knackered all the <laughs> just absolutely knackered. It's like I think it was about 4 p.m. yesterday to watch the TV and I was like, oh, what's going on? It's so odd. But I, but it was weird because I like woke up at I think it was like six or seven a.m. yesterday, and today I woke up at half eleven in the morning. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> It was weird because you were away and I was like, oh, I need to text Tom. I was like, I can't. It's actually like three in the morning there. I'll wait till later. 
I knew you could then, because obviously I had 10 minute notifications off between midnight and seven. So yeah, no, it's just built into me to not send messages in the middle of the night. And it was just, yeah, it was just a weird moment. I was like, ah, oh, shit, he's not awake yet. Like, Why haven't you seen this? Uh, because he's asleep. It's still in the morning, middle of the night. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Waking up to like 84 messages, like, what the shit? Um, <laughs> but obviously, most of it was work. But, but yeah, it was just nuts, man. It was, uh, it was the greatest time. It was the fucking greatest time. Um, I had so much fun. And obviously met former guest Norm McNeil on the last night um, yeah. for dinner. And we shared a dessert. That was kind of cute. Um, all we three of us. dessert me. with Bear. Oh, yeah, and Keris, of course. Um, yeah, we had a fudge brownie between us. It was really nice. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was incredible, man. It was a really... It felt like we do it all the time. Yeah. It was... Yeah. yeah, it was just odd. It was great. I, I loved every second. It was so nice to see him and meet him in person and just like chat for three odd hours. Um, then we walked him to a subway and he left. Um, yeah, it was, dude, just, it, it was incredible, man. Like, obviously, I posted some photos earlier today on the old socials of people that, so that's not even like a quarter of the photos that we I took. I can only imagine. It but, was just gone. I was going to say, as you were in America, did you get any? Oh my God, is that a British accent? No. Ah! Oh. I did, however, I bought myself some Air Jordans as a treat. So, very, oh my God, that's so comfortable. 130 bucks from Champs in Times Square. And uh, it was so funny because when we went to buy them, the lady, the cashier was like, so where are y'all from? And uh, I was just like, oh, from Wales. And she went, oh, <laughs> as if to say, the fuck is that? I don't know where that is. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, it's next to England. She's like, oh, right near London? I'm like, no. <laughs> other, other side. That's it. Americans are London, and that's it. Pretty much. Well, though, if you compare how far things away from in America and they count it as nothing, it probably is right next to London for them in their travels, the way they work things out. I remember getting mistaken for an Australian. That was great. <laughs> Still don't that get that. A, how, how does that even that happen? Was, that was so much fun. Um, but Jamie, while I was away, I had a thought, which was, do you feel like Uber Eats is the DFS of the food delivery service? <laughs> what? Because I get emails probably two, three times, four times a week. Be like, okay. you've, not, you've not used your discount yet. You've not used your discount yet. <laughs> Tom, Tom, you've not used your discount yet. <laughs> Could you imagine if DFS had done that? You haven't brought a sofa today. You didn't yeah. buy it. You didn't buy a sofa yesterday. Would you like to buy one today? What's really funny is the email says it ends soon, but I get them every week, and I've got them every week for about four months. <laughs> it's, it's ending soon. Yeah, and it's ending soon. Make sure you use a discount. Buy a Tom. You haven't used your discount yet. I know we mailed you two years ago, but you still haven't used it. Use it. But you can guarantee when you want to use a discount code, that's when you don't have one. That always yeah. happens to me. It's always expired. Annoying. Yeah. Every time. When I go to order, we're like, oh, we got that discount code, find it. Expired yesterday. Motherfucker. Maybe used in Bahrain. What? <laughs> I, it's just some random T's and C's on there. There really is. I, I was like, you think is like, hi, I have this discount code. Oh, great. Look at eligible restaurants for it. Oh, so I can order from this one place. Yeah, right. Norwich. That's um, <laughs> I found that Specsavers, you should do this thing on their website. So something called an OCT scan where it takes photos behind your eyes, etc. 
And on the website, it'd be like, here's a £10 voucher. But it wasn't a voucher. It was just telling you that it was 10 quid for the scan because it's 10 quid anyway. And I was like, oh, I've got this, I've got this voucher. They're like, that's not a voucher. But yeah, it, like, it definitely isn't. It's just telling you it's a tenner. So we then had to make out that it was more expensive normally. <laughs> oh, yeah, for a tenner. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> you just that was obviously the face lie to them. <laughs> yeah, that was obviously the marketing ploy, isn't it? Just lie to them. Just tell them it's 30 quid normally. Fuck it. <laughs> but do they do it at the eye test? I bet they do it at the eye test as well, don't they? You always what get you a £10 eye test at Specsavers. Do you? God, we used to get them all the time. Here's a voucher. You haven't had an eye test in a while. Have one for £10. Oh, we never got that. We never did it in Cardiff. Oh. It's they're, they're not um, they're not linked to they. They're not linked to their franchise, so they're owned by different people. So it's obviously whatever they want uh, to do in that sort in that area. Birmingham likes a ten pound eye test. Clearly, it just wasn't poor city. <laughs> <laughs> Second city, I am I love, you know. I am joking. I am joking. Um, so what else I found really weird? So obviously, whilst I was in New York City. I found it really weird that you can buy merch for the public services, but not here. Hold on, what? So you can get, like, NYPD, like, hoodies and shirts and F, like, <laughs> FDNY, like, fire department and stuff like that. You can just buy police that's and... so uh, weird. Not the uniform, obviously, but, I mean, you can just buy merch that's, like, got their logo on and stuff, and you're like, that's odd. It's <laughs> that very odd. Yeah, it's because you might as well walk around here with like a paramedic jacket on, right? Oh, man, I've lost my leg. I'm not real paramedic, sorry. I just like the jacket. What brand are you wearing? <laughs> NHS. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you doing it with your fake firefighter shit. Hey, not fake. I'm a real firefighter. I can press a button. I still don't know why we have to wear a firefighter outfit to press a button. It's the shittest cosplay ever, but it's great. I don't care. Is it because of the helicopter propellers? So that's why we wear a helmet. This. It's because if it does, the helicopter does crash and there is flames, you're going to get burned. You're pretty close to it. But it just feels weird. You've got to dress up like a firefighter to literally stand there and press a button. That is all we can do. We can't yeah, tackle the fire. Just you've just explained that it's to protect you. Yeah, but like, I just thought of that on the spot, to be honest. I might not. Uh, uh, <laughs> that, to be fair, though, it's quite logical. So yeah, it makes it, sense. Yeah. See, I am logical. I Brummies are stupid and poor. Right? Never, never did say he was stupid. Well, that myself, I did. Um, the other thing <laughs> that I was thinking of really randomly was who decided? There's probably a real logical explanation for this and a scientific one that's been explained, but I just thought for the fun and shits and gigs of it, I just bring it up anyway. Who got lazy and went? Yeah, January can have 31 days. Yeah, March. Yeah, perfect. February, I can't be fucking asked. Here at 28. <laughs> I do what I can't be fucked those last three days. Apart from when we get to, every four years, we'll give them a throw. We'll throw them a cheeky extra. It's such a random. It's just such a random thing to do. June, like, you know what? Give some thirty-one, but give some thirty. I just can't be fucking asked to give them thirty-one. It'd be a bit weird having they had thirty-one days every single month. It's a bit long, isn't it? People want to get paid properly. Um, I don't get that. What is it that? <laughs> There's got to be a reason for it, let's be honest. They're more oh, like, probably something to do with fucking farming back in the day, I mean, but the sun's got a bit slower. Give February an extra day. <laughs> but I only do it every four years. It only slows down every four years. So give it an extra day. We're feeling a little bit sorry for it. Give it another one. Go on. <laughs> How are you anyway, Jane? How have you been? 
I'm good. I'm good. I'm, my weekend, my my time away has not been as exciting as yours, obviously, because you know I stayed in Birmingham. I didn't go to another country, but I did go to a gig, so that was amazing. I, I uh, finally got to cash in my Christmas present, and I went to see Youngblood, and fuck me, it was good. Like I don't, I, I can see by that face you're not a fan, but I I like his music. I was a fan of his music, but it was something about him. I find him really captivating, and. Honestly, it was one of the best experiences of going to a gig I've ever seen or had in my entire life. That man can just... He had the entire crowd eating out of his hands by doing nothing, just singing his songs. But the whole crowd, everyone there just resonates with him and the things he says is bonkers. Never known anything like it. I don't even know how to describe it. It was absolutely amazing. And was, it like, all the, was it all the 16-year-olds that were loving it? Is that what it was? That's the thing. That's what me and, me and my mate Matt... Could, Becky's been really ill, so she didn't come with me in the end. I went with my mate, Matt. And we were on the way there, and we are like, oh, God, we're going to feel so fucking old when we get here, aren't we? You know, there was people in their 50s, in their 60s, on their own, not bringing their kids with them, actually just there to enjoy it. There was a wide variety of ages. It was nuts, and everyone was so into it. It was, oh, it was absolutely amazing. Like, I've never seen anyone just have a crowd. So I kept saying to someone, he's like, He's like the voice of this generation that's coming up now. I'd like the music is not the same, but it's punk. It has that mentality of it of no, we are the youth. This is what we believe in. Fuck the government. Fuck everyone else. This is what we want, and this is how we're going to live our life. He did an amazing speech at the end of it, all about trans rights. Fuck the Tories. He got the entire crowd chanted "fuck Sunak," and it was just everyone was into it. It was nuts. Like, I actually think he could have gone, come on, everybody, drink the Kool-Aid, and they would have done it. Like, <laughs> it's, oh, it was absolutely bonkers. Honestly, one of the best gigs I've ever been to, and I didn't expect it when I went there. I was just like, oh, this will be fun. I quite like Youngblood. Didn't expect to walk out, just been, like, absolutely baffled by it. Me and my Matt, Matt, we had goosebumps, the things he was saying, like, the reactions he was getting to it. Yeah, it's, if anyone has chance to go see him on this tour, I know he's right, go, because it is phenomenal. And I got to see Netdeep, who supported. I'd never heard of them. I'd never heard them before. Heard of them. I knew they were like pop punk, generic pop punk. They're fun. They're like really fun. I enjoyed watching them. I don't know if you've heard them before. but Did, uh, did they play All in Bloom? Uh, possibly. I didn't really know Which any of their the, the best song they've ever done. Uh, probably. So, probably that in December. They did that do December. December. That one stood out because I really liked that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, did, they did it with Mark Hoppus as well. That's the better version than the original. Um, and Gold Steps is another song I quite like by them as well from their, their first album, I think it is. Uh, I'm not a massive fan, but all in I think in Bloom, I think it's called is like my favorite, is my favorite song they've ever done. Uh, it's just really catchy. It was really, they were really good. I really just it was like we're from Wrexham. I was like, well, I didn't expect that, but there we are. <laughs> but yeah, that fantastic, absolutely amazing night, really good time, really enjoyed it. But I know what you really want to know, Tom. I know what you've been wondering. Well, you've been sat in there in New York and you know, the way time of your life, you've been thinking to yourself. I wonder how Jamie's getting on with 24. And I tell you, so I'm on season six, episode 21. What I've fucking hell? Alone through this series. And uh, I want not blown away by it. It's, not it's, it's, the weak, it's the weakest season. It's the weakest. But it, the story, the main story of they've got these new suitcase bombs and all this stuff, the Russians and. They don't, I love the fact they don't actually say what country fired's from. It's just 
the Middle East guys. They never, they never do. Yeah. They never say, what, yeah. Which I, I respect, to be honest, fair play. That story is great. Why is there so many subplots? Like, Jesus, could there's so many. Yeah. Like, them two guys in the White House trying to kill the president. And then there's this, and there's the vice president's having an affair. And the vice president's trying to nuke, nuke this other country. And I was like, oh my God, I can't keep up. There's so many fucking subplots. Were you happy with the president? I was I didn't expect it at all. I was like, what the fuck is... What, why are you here? <laughs> You're not your West. brother. But, and how did you go from writing your brother's memoirs to being president within two years? That's weird. But, but no, I've really... I, I mean, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Obviously, I'm at the minute now where suddenly the Chinese are here. I was like, what? What? Just fill the whole series with the one story like you did before. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but it's just weird. It's fine. Just let it be what it is, right? Yeah. Because you're about to hit another another unbelievable series. So basically what happened after six, the ratings dropped massively and everyone went, fuck, we're losing people. So seven is back to being fucking insane, like five is. Good. That's why I said five and seven are my favourite two series ever, because seven, I'm excited as fuck. To hear what you have to say after the first episode. (laughs) But season six has given me another character that I very much love. Morris. I love Morris. His sarcasm is wonderful. His sarcasm, his accent, it's just everything about him. I love him so much. Just like, don't worry, darling. (laughs) I love him. He's amazing. And his close husband, which makes it even better. Yeah, absolutely amazing. He's great. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Don't get me wrong, I've not once had an episode finish and gone, that's ah, shit. I've enjoyed every episode. It's just uh, so many subplots. It's annoying me. Yeah, six six is the weakest series. Um, so <laughs> yeah. get through the next four episodes and then... Why is Audrey catatonic now? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, weird, but enjoyed it. Enjoyed it, just weird. I feel like I'm sounding like I'm not enjoying it, but I am honest. Well, good. I'm pleased. I'm pleased to hear it. As we all know, uh, I was in the old New York City last last week. I was in the US of A. Um, and then Monday, so Monday we landed, we got to the hotel, and then went to Brooklyn Bridge for sunset. Incredible. Saw the Statue of Liberty in, in the distance as well. So we were like, well, we've done that. We don't worry. I'm going on the ferry. We can't be fucked. I was like, so there's the Statue of Liberty. Click. Cheers. Then see you later. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Um, what what I find really annoying in America is there's so many people be like, do you want to buy this? Do you want to come to this? Do you want to buy that? Do you want to buy that? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? Why do you come here? Why do you come to me? A lot of them are scammers. Um, anyway, um, mainly in Times Square. So in Times Square, you just have to walk. Just just walk. Just don't yeah. don't look at anyone, boys. Don't look at anybody at all. Um, I'm the next biggest rapper, don't you know? Yeah, bollocks, are you? Um, <laughs> so and then they try and sell you CDs for forty bucks. It's like CDs. Really? Yeah, and then they hound you and everything. They circle you and everything like bricks. Just give me a Spotify um, link, mate. Luckily, it never happened to us. Um, <laughs> sorry, because literally, since I was like, "Fuck oh, off!" And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> um, and guys, just like, you don't have to be so mean, you know. I'm like, no, I will. I, if I don't want somebody around me, I will let them know I don't want them around me. Um, uh, so Monday, obviously, went to Brooklyn Bridge, then went to Monday Night Raw. Fucking amazing at the Barclays Centre. That was a massive highlight straight away. First big <laughs> night. But like I said, I've been away for 25 hours. I'm going to get the subway back. 
because it was so far out. Um, and there was this like just just some weird some weird characters. It was safe enough. It was fine. There's some weird characters on there. Um, <sighs> there's a homeless guy. He was obviously off his face, drunk, passed out, but he had his hand his jacket like that. It's like, what are you concealing? <laughs> um, probably a bottle, but it could have been a gun. Who knows? Tuesday, uh, I'll give you I'll give you a nice quick rundown. Just, you know, otherwise we're gonna be here for fucking hours. Like, welcome to the longest show of all time. Well, they've released it and they're still talking. What's going on? Um, <laughs> Tuesday, um, brother, oh yes, Tuesday we got we got up really early every day. We went to Andrew's diner it's been recommended. Oh my god, Jamie. Unreal. There's nothing more amazing as well than going to an American diner because NFL's on all the time. They literally just had ESPN and I was like, this is fantastic, this. <laughs> All the coffee, coffee I could drink. Oh, cool. All the coffee like I could drink. Refills and shit. In yeah, and just just blueberry pancakes, but they were like three, and they were huge, and they had syrup. Comes in like little packets, so we get ketchup and mayonnaise at like McDonald's and stuff. Yeah, there's syrup. I was like, more syrup, please. More syrup, please. <laughs> Lovely, jubbly. Um, so we had Andrews, and we went walking. Um, I can't remember where we went Tuesday, but we went for a we had a pedi a pedicab tour. At uh, at one p yeah half twelve it's a pedicab. It's a pedicab. It's literally someone that cycles and you have a big little cab behind oh, the two people to sit on. And we did that for for Central Park. Oh, uh, nice. Central Park attractions. They're called. We had Barry, legend of the highest order, just the funniest, most knowledgeable, interesting person I've ever spoken to in my life. Um, and he kept making black jokes. He's a black guy, and he kept being like, <laughs> he was like, he was like, oh. Um, how many brothers and sisters do you have? She's like, oh, I've only got the one sister, you know, small family, etc. And he turned to me and I was like, well, I've got seven brothers and sisters. And then there's all our nephews and nieces. And he went, my God, Tom, is your dad black? That's a lot of people. That's a lot of kids out there. We have so many. <laughs> hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Um, but he shows where John Lennon got shot. He showed oh, wow. us um, the most expensive buildings in New York City. There was like um, an apartment that some lady, she's passed away now, had kept and signed over to a dog and it's worth like $238 million. And it's like, it has to be in benefit of the dog and everything. Like they can't just like splash what? their money around. Mental, like mental. <laughs> That's a way to go out in the world if you've got money. I'm not donating it to anyone or giving it to anyone. Yeah. It's the dog's. Yeah, and and it's I think in the will it says if any money is to be spent it must be in benefit of the dog. <laughs> Legend, fucking incredible. Um, and then we went to see the Arconia, uh, also yes. known as the Belmont Hotel, for only murders in the building. Um, but straight away we we're not allowed in, and I was like, for yeah. fuck's sake! So we got photos from the from the doorway. Um, sounds a little bit annoying, but it is what it is. Um. Wednesday, we went to NBC Studios where Jimmy Fallon is filmed to get tickets. But unfortunately, we couldn't hang around because we had to go to the summit for 10 a.m. And they're open at 10 a.m. So like, shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, never mind. It is what it is. We, went, we walked on NBC Studios for a bit, which is really cool. It was like merch and stuff, and you could have tours and everything of NBC. Oh, and it was round, it's literally next to Radio City. Um, uh, yeah, basic musical. I saw that. And you picked yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry, I got a bad cough. Um, so, uh, so I went to NBC, saw Radio City, and then we went, where did we go after that? Oh, to the summit. 
which is where I took all the photos of the skyline and everything from Empire mm. State. And I, I put that, and then there's that video of me with the clouds. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that video is amazing. <laughs> that was absolutely nuts. It's so great up there, though. But it's funny because it was like six rooms, that like two rooms each floor. But I don't think people really knew that because we didn't know that because everybody stayed on the first floor in the first room for fucking ages, taking shit loads of photos. Because we took loads of photos and I was like, oh, is this it? This is all it is. I was like, that's a bit weird for $30, whatever it was per person. So it's a bit expensive for one room. Walked out into a room which full of loads of helium balls. I was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> They're like balls all across the ceiling and balls all across the floor. That's so awesome. Obviously, there were kids there just like booting them at people and that sort of thing, going, of like loving it. But it was great. And I tried to do a, Harris was to do a boomerang, I threw a ball in the air to recatch it, but we didn't get it to work. Because one of me, like, <laughs> like, I'm to- like I'm talking now, but I'm just holding the ball. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> so that was great. So we got all the skyline. And then we saw the Sex and City apartment, the Friends apartment. Um, and fuck, did other things. we did other things on Wednesday. My break. So. Ghostbusters, so much happened. I was just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the Ghostbusters hook and ladder, um, fire department where I bought your t shirt from, which is oh, so should be with, to get this is recorded on Monday, so this will be with you tomorrow. But you would have already had it for three days by the time you. you receive it, so you're very, very welcome. Very welcome. The last one as well. Um, so we saw hook and ladder eight when we went back. Um, where did we? I don't know if we went for dinner. Oh, we got like a. Oh, no. Oh, Tuesday. I forgot about the words Broadway. What's Chicago? <laughs> Fuck, you forget that. Went on, went on Broadway, saw Chicago. Keris was in an element, but everyone went mental for this, for this um, drag queen, Jinx Monsoon, winner of RuPaul's Drag Race season five. And like, oh, okay. I'm not going to lie, hilarious. Like, so funny. Because um, I was not sure to expect. <clears throat> excuse me and um there was a bit where they were singing about class or something and like they went really quiet and then out of nowhere they just went jesus christ and it made me really piss myself laughing <laughs> because the way it was delivered was great but it also scared the shit out of the person that was singing alongside and it was Absolutely hilarious. Great though. That, that was I mean got a big fucking raised pizza. The pizza slices are like huge. Oh. You have to hold it and fold it in half to eat. Incredible. Oh. Um yeah, we did so much, man. We, just, we went to Chelsea Market on Thursday, went to HBO Studios and got picked out of HBO Studios. Because I thought <laughs> like and I thought like NBC. Yeah. So he was at HBO and a guy went, Can I help you, sir? And I was like, Oh yeah, I suppose have a little look around. He goes, Lovely, you can look around from outside. See you later. Uh, I, was like, I was like, thanks, prick. <laughs> yeah, Americans are in it. <laughs> you can look around. So they, get they get that little security badge. They get a fucking, they think they've got a honker, aren't they? Like a fucking 10-incher. Um, <laughs> so I was just like, no, I'm good. And just, we just left. So I got to see a big fuck off Last of Us sign there, though. So I was like, oh, I guess that's cool. Um, saw CBS Studios. We saw, you know how they have the news people, but it's by the windows. And yeah. they're like doing their show with the wind. We saw some of those as well, like ABC Seven. So the window, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It's gonna be a really long intro. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, there was a moment as well on the very first day that NBC were filming in Times Square, and there was security everywhere. They were doing like Valentine's, because it's Valentine's, so they were doing the Valentine's stuff. Oh, cool. And um, the security guard had a Steelers hat and Steelers gloves on, 
And he went, hey man, stay cozy, yeah? And I was like, absolutely. Stay cozy, Google.com. He's a chronicle, so still get 10% off. <laughs> and I noticed that he had sealer's gloves with a hat on. I was like, and I see his gloves, well. so I fist bumped him. This NYPD security guard. I was like, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> it was so cool. Um, and then Friday, we did a load of shopping, just getting ready to go home, really. But when we got to the airport, Jamie, they'd oversold the flight by 20 people. How is that? Which meant they had, well, because profit, isn't it? That's all they care about. Oh, we've accidentally oversold the flight. Shit. So they were like, we're offering $1,000 per person, 20 people, mind, to volunteer to come off the plane. Nobody moved. So it's like, as the evening went on, because I was there going, I'm going fucking home. I don't give a shit. I'm going fucking, I'm not staying here. I'm going home. It got to the point where it got to three people left and they were offering 4,500 bucks. And me and Karis were like, should we? Should we? <laughs> It's like, that's nine grand. Like, we only came here with two. <laughs> should we, you know, should we, should we take nine? Oh, we'll take nine. But obviously, I, I know. Oh, no, I, I, do, I do regret it now, but it's just one of those things, isn't it? I'm not joking, though. We were desperate. When we got back, we were like, oh, thank God. Home. It, the, re, the real time. Because <laughs> obviously, we gained five hours again. So then we left at eight, well, we left at 8 40 due to delays. And, um, it was like a six hour flight or five and a half hour, six hours and landed at eight and nine in the morning. I was like, what the, oh, that's the, so the, weird. the what the fuck? <laughs> um, but like I said, jet lag has been absolutely kicking my ass, but it was the best week ever. Like it was so needed. It, it was a break, but it wasn't really like a chill. No, no, so, no. So um, American TV is mental as well. Like absolutely nuts. Yeah watching Let's Make a Deal, Wayne Brady, and there's people dressed as, like, grapes and fruit bowls and a nurse, and it was just really weird. What the fuck? Um, yeah, it was just so mental, dude. But best time, greatest time, so glad I did it. Uh, meeting Noel for dinner Thursday night, that was absolutely incredible, so I had dinner with Bear in the Big Blue House, former guest, um, who will hopefully be making a, a return to the show yes. soon. Um, also talk about his memoirs. Um uh, yeah, it's just the greatest week, and I'm just happy to be back now, setting it back in, gutted to be going back to work tomorrow, um, but it is what it is. Um, we've got interviews for the Razor's Edge this week. It's going to be a great week. I've just talked a lot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Nothing to apologize for. You've had an amazing week. It's good to hear what you've been up to. But I appreciate like, that. Like, like you said, I've, I've missed doing this. Like This past week, I've just been like, I want to fucking record something. I've really missed it. So all day, I've been like, yes, we're recording tonight. We're recording tonight. I'm yeah, it's, it's all day, so... What do you guys think of the new revamp? The new revamp, lovely. Say, welcome to our revamp. We look all beautiful. Are you voguing? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of voguing. <laughs> but no, I, this this is what I've been doing while you've been away as well. I've just been working on getting all this, making it look sexy. So you people that like to enjoy us on the YouTube, enjoy. I hope you like. Yeah, thank you for subscribing. All you people that have subscribed recently, 176 now, Jane. Ooh, we're going we're climbing yeah we're climbing i like it so i appreciate every single one of you um so you can fly Braden barry releases brand new single marigold last friday so please get that in your ears the brand new album is out at the end of march so you've only got a month left go to stakeholdersclothing.com enter that chronicles that little chronicles fucking um discount code we have literally like this um and you'll get 10 percent off because this brand new album on vinyl is on stay cozy clothing so go and grab that now while stocks last speaking of that little discount code and all that little spiel you just did there should we hear it from the man himself yeah we should probably let Braden do shouldn't we come on yeah. come on mate come on come on 
All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Braden Berry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing, your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, T-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring the Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, the Chronicles at checkout. Oh, boy. So, the greatest advert ever made. That's bloody Lulu. I do what you get that discount code, the Chronicles in, get your tail 10% off. Jamie? Yes, sir. So, time for Cat on Street Chins. Yeah, it is. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you. And Callum's treachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. Your boy is back to preach the nation. So, Jamie, without yes. further ado, what is Callum treating us? This week. The older you get, the less you care about being cool, which in essence is what being cool is. So, the older you get, the cooler you get. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I knew it. <laughs> it's quite spot on. Language these days now, when it's like gassed and peak and whatever the fuck the kid. Like, so I, I don't understand. Like I don't know. I think claps one now. Not clap. Is it clap? I don't know. I'm not. Or, I'm not down with the street kids. I no, am I? The things they Working with the people I work with, obviously they're all like younger than me, and they do that. And I'm like, I have no fucking clue what you just said. <laughs> um, but that's like, oh, but I'm not down with the kids anymore. But I'm like, but I'm not asked. I don't want to be down. I don't. I don't want to be talking like a fucking moron. Um, so yeah. So in a in a way, it's like, I'm we're cool without realizing it. Yeah, it's like the cool kids, are like yeah, whatever. And then we're just like, yeah, whatever. You're talking bollocks, mate. I don't. Yeah, so I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Cool by default by being old and grumpy. Yes. It's wonderful. That's a really good a way to look at it, actually. I like it. <laughs> you're it's... not cool, Grandad. I think you'll find I fucking am. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what, though. When I was, uh, funnily enough, when I was away, yeah. um, there was a shop. There was like a cane shop, like, you know, cane, walking sticks, canes. But they yeah. had like devils on top and gargoyles and stuff they could hold on to. As you, as, I, I, I literally went... Those are some cool canes right there. <laughs> <laughs> kind of want a walking cane now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I actually did go. I'm quite tempted. <laughs> but will it actually fuck up how I walk? Probably. But you look like, We have a look like a pimper of Bond villain. So it's fine. Oh, definitely the first one. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yes, God. That'd be so music. cool. <laughs> Remember the That's what I, I don't know why. I was really. I just thought look, suave. I suppose. Oh, good word. Good word. I'm not a monocle prick. I don't want to become one of them people. <laughs> like, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. But what Brenton told me all about the caviar he had from Lincoln, and I was like, Lincoln, what are you doing? <laughs> so, I mean, so just. I, you know, again, those really toffee-nosed fucking Tory <laughs> conversations that no one has a fucking clue what they're talking about. And everyone's like, oh, might as well, I just had caviar on it, switch, you imbecile. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think that's a good. I think that's a good uh, way to. That's a good analogy to live by. I like it. Not yeah. being cool, not realizing it, and not really giving a fuck that we are, but we are. Yeah, because we're cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, let's move on. What else is Callum treating us? Provided there's a hose nearby, stepping in dog poo is better barefoot than it is in shoes. Yes. Yeah. If you know there's a hose, yeah, because you can wash it straight off. Yeah, this is the thing, right? When people go, oh, you're wearing shorts, it's raining. It's like, yeah, because my legs will just dry. Yeah, your jeans, you're going to stay wet and then... Exactly. Fucking... And it's nothing fucking worse. There's nothing worse than wet socks. Nothing yes. worse. Nothing worse. Than... I mean, there's probably a lot of things worse. It's like dying. But <laughs> wet socks are absolutely <laughs> atrocious. So, um yeah, so when people are like, oh, I'm wearing shorts, I just fucking push it down. I'm like, yeah, because my legs will dry, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that really tickled me. Well, there is, like dying. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true, isn't it? No one wants to die. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, Callum, good, I'm pleased. While, while you're getting yourself together, um, who's leaving dog shit on the floor? You yeah. naughty, naughty yeah. people. Yeah. I can't stand them, you know. I have a Mac one, a massive fucking shit, perfect. I'm not going to pick that up anyway, who does that? <laughs> but you reckon dogs are that guy? What is wrong with you? Why are you not getting your master to pick that up? You should be disgusted with yourself, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if dogs are getting bags going to the toilet, I'll be fucking, yeah. It'd be amazing. I'm quite worried, <laughs> to be honest. Do you mind, Karen? I'm using the facilities. Woof. I would love it if dogs started using... There's a cat, isn't there, that can use a toilet? Yes, I've seen I that. I swear I've seen a video, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mental. How do you teach a Cats are fucking not as clever as dogs, so I better be careful what I say. All oh, the cat lovers are there, oh, sorry. Yeah. The cat ladies will come after you. Well, I live with one. Um, but... <laughs> I know that if I ever said dog shit, I would want it to be Beth. I mean, could you imagine how much it will squelch through your toes as well? Oh, Oh, I think, I'm gonna, I think I want to wear shoes now. As soon as you mention it's sculpture, I think I want to wear shoes. Well, see, there was a great, there's a great story here, right? So, uh, years and years and years ago, I had a best friend who doesn't speak to me anymore because his then missus didn't like me, and he stopped talking. Whatever, who cares? Anyway, he was a labourer with his dad. His dad's a labourer, and um, he was like, they're on, a, they're on a, they were building a house, I think, or whatever. And he was like, "Do you smell shit?" And my mate's like, no, why? He's like, risk my shit, but where the fuck is that coming from? I can't see any. So he's like checking his clothes, his shoes, like looking around. He's like, this is... Anyway, get some of the day. Hour later, I, look, I'm not joking to you, son. I can still smell shit. And he went, yeah, it's because it's under your nose and your top and your moustache there. <laughs> so he's obviously wiped his ass or something and then obviously scratched his face. Hold on. He was asking his oh. son this question for an hour. Yeah, he could smell shit. Any sooner? Well, he obviously didn't notice. <laughs> it was literally right there in his oh. philtrum in his mouth. Uh, Hilarious. That is so funny. Good word, philtrum. Ooh, I like it. But that's what it's called. No, no. It's from that. Ad- it's from that advert, isn't it? Was it Nestle or Nescafe? I that advert. Yeah, I think I can't what it's for. But it's like in a massive old storage. He's like, what's the bit between my mouth and my nose called? And he's like, that's your filtrum, darling. <laughs> you want to go... 
You want to fuck off back to whatever poor school you came from? <laughs> she was proper like, what? Like, proper corner. And he was just like, darling, let me tell you right now, it's actually called your filter, okay? Now, do you mind fucking off? <laughs> You only ever hear it called your filtrum during when someone wants to spout a random fact or some bollocks. No one yes. ever just calls it your filtrum. Yeah. It's like a bit between your ass and your, and your ball sack. What's that called? That's called your gooch. Yeah, it's not your perineum. It's your gooch, mate. Yeah. Gooch. Is it a perineum, is it? I don't actually perineum. know that. Perineum is the correct term, yes. Learning. Learning. It's a new fucking segment. Welcome to Learning with Jamie. I know what the skin by your arsehole's called. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Callum, I definitely want to be barefoot. Definitely, 100%. I did until you said squelching between your toes, and now I want to wear my shoes. I would much rather have it squelched between toes and go, oh, hose, wash, wash, wash. Awesome. Carry on with my day. Clean my shoes. Rub it in some grass or something. Just. Yeah, but it's not going to get all of that, is it? Leave the part of the puticles and the, know, the bottom of the shoe. destroyed me in between the toe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on there, Jamie. And yes, finally, please. what else is Callum treating us? This quick. Being alone in an abandoned building is scary, but thinking you're alone in an abandoned building is even scarier. Is it, though? Hmm. Because I'll be honest, I never, ever think about it. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm the opposite. I'm. If I thought I was on my own, I'd be all right. It's the fact that I think there's people that I don't know are there that freaks me the fuck out. <laughs> I remember uh, being a kid, and there was a random. I lived on an RAF base back in the day because my dad was in the RAF, and there was a massive, massive fuck off field, and a random house in the middle. Just a random house. I mean, my friends used to be like, we used to go right up to the door and be like, I, I, I can't go in, I can't go in. Can you go in? No, I can't go in. But every day we'd be like, shall we should do it today? And we'd always get to the door and go, yeah, I can't go I can't do it, I can't go in. <laughs> what if there's someone in there it has been abandoned for 100 years, but there might be someone in there, no. <laughs> it's, it's like there's, um, I, watched, uh, I watched a Daddy episode on the flight, John Oliver, for those people who don't know who I refer to as Daddy, and um, from season six, he talks about psychics. And it, it's fantastic. It's, I highly recommend season six, episode two to watch. I know there's people that believe in stuff, but it's like, it was great. Cause it's like, oh, there's people that don't believe in it and all that sort of stuff and everything else. I'm not here to say that it's not, it's not wrong and it's not right or whatever. And he goes, well, it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they have those detectors or oh, this detector when there's a presence in the room. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. And then it goes like, Oh, I was like, oh, there's somebody here. I reckon it's got to be the cameraman or some behind it. goes like, you've like loving on again, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I don't know why. I thought you were going to say, it's probably the cameraman by the microphone going, <laughs> making the machine. All that. <laughs> All that. But it's like, why can't you tell me what the lottery is going to be then? Why can't you tell me, I, you know, who killed this person? Oh, no, we can't do that. I, oh yeah, I bet you fucking can't. Did they um, that on a single episode of those Derek Akora type programs? See a ghost? No. No. You've, oh, I'm sensing something in the room. Yes, it's your bullshit, Derek. Shut the fuck up. Oh, it begins with a K. J M L. There's a again <laughs> from the same episode. He shows this guy in an Irish in an Irish pub, and he's like, 
I'm getting a sense of Kevin McCaltrick, uh, McKinney, uh, and he's looking like all of his Irish names. Everyone's going there going, nope. <laughs> so good. Anyway, um, that's not, I, I just don't believe in that sort of shit. It's not, and that's, that's my opinion. That's how I feel about it. I'm not trying to tarnish the psychic community for people that do believe in it. That's entirely your thing. Um, but it's all bullshit. But so, if you do, then you would have seen that rant coming. Exactly. But I think I'd be more scared being in the building than I would thinking about it because thinking about it, I know that I'm not there. If that makes sense? Or is it a dream sort of scenario? I don't know. Because if I think about being in an abandoned building on my own, I'm like, yeah, it's scary, but the worst thing would be because when I watch scary films, I have a tactic that I use. So I, ne- I don't jump much anyway. When I know it's a bit coming, you can tell by the music, I always do this. I look down. Yeah. So I look down, but I keep it like I'm still looking at the screen. So it's like I just look down, or look at, and I glance quickly to make sure what's going on. I look around. I just can look around, <laughs> but I don't like. I keep my head very still. It's like yeah. So I just go look around. The more the weird one that hears that and goes, "This is a bit I need to pay attention to." <laughs> What? And he's like, if I know something scary is happening, instead of looking away, I'm like, I need to pay attention to this bit. This bit is important. So that's how you do it. Someone's (laughs) going to die. (laughs) That's how you do it. (laughs) Not for me. (laughs) Let me make a note. (laughs) Yeah. How to decapitate someone with a horse. (laughs) Lovely. Do I like that idea? Nah. I wonder how that. Oh, dude. Like. (laughs) And that was another edition of Callum's Treachings. To end on that god-awful joke. <laughs> you've got to live with that. You know this is going to be ingrained in the world forever, and you've, yeah. got, to live, you've got to live with that. Yeah, I was always going to say, hopefully I won't do it too badly, and it'll be in a stable condition, but I went with nay. Dear me. Shall we get to the next section, Jamie? Yeah, sorry. Nothing to apologise for. It's just time for Tom's Journal. Yeah. And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. <laughs> so, Steve Irwin has you pinned down in a headlock. What cool facts does he tell the audience about you and your habitat? <laughs> I don't care. It calls me a fucking butte, and I really need to hear it. <laughs> as long as he doesn't shove his fam right up my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm near this crock, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to shove my thumb right up his ass. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's ringing really there right now. God, he's angry. Fucking hell, he's pissed off. So, Jane. Uh, yes. All good? <laughs> yes. We're back, just, guys. Are you, are you enjoying this? I'm just happy you got the reference. <laughs> Things only 90s kids will understand. Okay. Are you ready for this? I like these ones. Tamagotchis. Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. Sony Walkmans. 
crushing realization that you're stuck between a generation of people who believe that hard work can accomplish anything and that you should live your dreams, whilst the generation that came immediately after you is living far better by being in the right place at the right time and having the foresight to study in newly developed fields, thus leaving you to tend to your hopeless, demolished expectations and dreams for the future. Hogs. <laughs> remember all of those <laughs> <laughs> especially that second to last one yeah i bet <laughs> yeah i also remember the anti-skip feature on a discman that did absolutely fuck all i never got a discman i always had walkman um i was never i remember when i bought my first ever phone in year nine it was a motorola brick and never had nokia's i was like yeah i've got my brick with the little tiny rectangular screen so when you text, it would just like go off the edge. You had no idea what you said previous, and you had to like click that arrow button, and it only go once at a, once per character. And you're like, they're going, fuck me, here we go. Right, so let's say what I said. The <laughs> pigeon went fucking out to market. <laughs> and I can't be asked to eat. Yeah, and you had to like, push the buttons. 10p. Yeah, 10p a letter. 10p. God, those Mental. Days. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know, 888 for tea. Like, Mom, can I put 10p on my phone, please? Mental times, people. <laughs> Mental times. Oh, yeah. Those were the days. But, Jamie. Yes. When you push a pull, when you push a pull door and the person behind you says, you need to pull. Oh, yeah, cheers, lad. Next plan was to start lifting from the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so wish I was so quick-minded and we yeah. to come out with these when people say yeah. fix. <laughs> I'm the sort of person that thinks of that about 24 hours later while I'm thinking about it again. <laughs> I should have yeah. said that. It's quite well you can say it in future, so you just can't remember. Because <laughs> that, that's the problem right there. You've got to remember it. And this is very true. Yeah. And you have children, four of them to be exact. Yes, and no memory. Right. <laughs> so now we're going to sit here and translate Canadian, okay? Oh, hey. Translating Canadian. No, yeah, is yes. <laughs> yeah, no, is no. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm sorry, but unfortunately the answer is yes. Yeah. No, yeah, no. Oh, no, you've got nothing to worry about. <laughs> this is where I'm getting confused now. I was with it at the start, and then if we got on, I was like, ah, I don't understand Canadian. Canadians going to listen to this and be like, yeah, absolutely. It's quite bang on, guys. Absolutely bang on. Every word. Hey. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. I came back with a cold. I do apologise. No, no. Hi guys, welcome to my YouTube channel. Today, we're going to do an unboxing video with a shovel in the hand as I enter the graveyard. <laughs> the necromancer channel <laughs> oh jamie <laughs> i don't even know what a necromancer is so um i went to the doctors all right now he just asked me a couple of questions he's like doctor um do you exercise me oh yeah i do all of them the push-offs the plunks doctor the what you know, the crunchies, 
Doctor, okay, I'm going to put no. (laughs) (laughs) The crunchies and the plonks. (laughs) How long can you hold a plonk? (laughs) My ride was fucking insane. Some guy would be like... I need to fix my Camry so I can get to work. And Exhibit was like, okay, well, we turned the trunk into a fish tank. <laughs> I Honestly, I remember telling one of the kids, it might have been Harrison, about this show. And I actually, until I showed him, I don't think he believed me that he was a fish. Really? <laughs> it's just Did they have the UK version as well? Yeah, with Tim Westwood. Oh, oh the Uncle Tim. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, I would love... You know, they do like those where are they now things. I want to pimp my ride version of that show. <laughs> so, where is this car now? Well, it broke down just after I left the garage. And <laughs> did they put a swimming pool in the back of one car? I swear they did. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck? It's so... <laughs> but Americans like loved it. Fair, I used to watch it all the fucking time. It was incredible to watch. Oh, not, it was just a bit too mental for my liking. It's just like, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> oh, you like to you like music, so have a DJ set and an amplifier and a guitar and all this in the back. Yeah, and your own DJ everywhere you go. But you couldn't use any of it because you're driving the car. There is literally no point in any of it. It's like the um is it Freddy Got Fingered where he changes his dad's car and he calls it like the Slapmobile or something. Is it Freddy Got Fingered? No, it's not Freddy. It's, it's a Tom Green movie. It's a Tom Green movie where he completely changes the car and his mum has a massive go at him about it. Oh, what movie is it? And he comes like the Slapmobile and she's like, I am not driving that. I can't think what film it is. I can't think what film it is. I have to have a look. I swear it's Tom Green. I swear it's Tom Green. Or it might be, no, it might even be a movie. I think it's just this TV show that he did. The Tom uh, Green show. Maybe. I've yeah, yeah. too much of that. And he changed his, uh, he got his dad or his mum's car, changed to have Slutmobile written on the front and on the sides and stuff like that. And, that. and she's like, you're going to take a chair, I'm not driving that car. <laughs> Weird, dude. Um, this was written on a community board on Facebook. Hi, my 12-year-old son Dave just lost his drone. He was flying it in the knoll uh, on Saturday uh, when it lost signal and flew off in the general direction of Swansea. Normally, we wouldn't be too bothered about it, but it turns out he put Rachel, my seven-year-old daughter's pet hamster, in it as a test pilot, and she's quite upset. God, could you imagine? (laughs) I don't know what noise came out of my face then, but I only said that. I just didn't expect the fucking hamster. I'm going to end on this little number. The following are real 999 calls made to the Welsh Ambulance Service in the last year. Okay? Okay. Hi. Um, I'm not sure whether this is an emergency or not, but I'm really worried about my ingrowing toenail. It's kind of getting a bit red. Oh. I fucking they get worse. Like they get worse. They get worse. Don't worry. Oh, God. Um, hi there. I've cut my finger by accident. I don't think I've got any plasters. Oh, if there's a headache in here, I'm just committing. Just, no, 
horrible offense. Four more. Four more. Hold on. Hi, my keys have gone. Basically, I've gone out and someone's taken my keys or something. I can't find my keys. I just want to get in. Operator, unfortunately, sir, we don't help with keys to open your door. We're able to send you an ambulance. Caller, you are shit. I need to fucking out of my fucking door, all right? What? Yeah. He needs killing. Yep. Um, I've got hair dye in my eye and it hurts. That one I can kind of get. Because, you know, there's chemicals and dye. And getting that in your eye, that could be dangerous. I will give that a pass. That has a pass. Um, I'm trying to open my house door, but my housemate isn't opening it. It's an emergency because I need to be sick and I need to go to the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) What, What a moron. And the last one. Hi there. I'm out of inhalers and I can't last until Monday. That is not a reason to phone the fucking ambulance service. No wonder they're going on strike. They're just sick of this. Not yeah. to do with pay anymore. They're just sick of idiots. <laughs> I was watching um, an A&E show after dark on Channel 5 last night. And uh, it's based in Hull, so straight away, like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it's just literally full of homeless people just wanting to try and like, nick beds and stay there and stuff like that, hurting themselves. And one guy, had, like, he'd ripped his tendons in his finger and she'd bandage it up and then go away to fill out some form and he'd just rip the bandage off and let it bleed everywhere again. Oh, fuck. Yeah, she ended up, like, putting this real magic stuff that like, glues it together to stop it from bleeding, like, clots it all up, so he couldn't keep saying that he's bleeding everywhere. Kind of sad in a way. It's like, sad, yeah. It's it just, you know, when you see these people that are in dire need of whatever, but... Yeah, they what can you say? extreme things like that just to have a roof over their head. Oh, that's ridiculous. ridiculous. The world we live in. The world yeah. we live in. <clears throat> but, Jamie, uh, that was the edition of Tom's Journal. And a great edition it was. I enjoyed Thank that you, sir. Thank you. We should definitely bring that piece in, though. Oh, yes, we definitely should. Welcome to the Chronicles of Beyond Station. Fade off the fear that's around us. Beyond Extinction are a four-piece deathcore band from the most metal of places, Essex. (laughs) We are joined by the incredible Beyond Extinction. We are joined by Jude Bennett, Jack, Zach Scott and Niall Alley. This is a fantastic conversation. These guys are so fucking young and they are about to release their brand new EP, Nothing More Wretched. It's coming out on 17th of March. We sit and talk to the guys all about the new EP and it's just, it's phenomenal. Like I said, these guys are really young. I'm pretty certain in this, Zach says he's celebrating his 19th birthday. Was it 20th birthday? Something mental, yeah. Yeah. And the fact they've achieved their, what they are doing right now, the accolades they're getting the responses they're getting is absolutely amazing you might not like deathcore music let's be honest it's not everybody's cup of tea as they say but you have to admire these guys for the passion they have for their music dedication they put into it and the fact that they they say in this interview when they first started they were shit but they did not give up 
and they got as good as they can to the point they're touring, they're playing Bloodstock, they're playing with bands like Cancer Bats. And yeah, this is incredible. You are going to enjoy this one, boys and girls. Yeah, their brand new single, which is the title of the EP, Nothing More Richard, came out Friday, so make sure you go and check that out. And enjoy this interview. Jamie! Yes, sir. Do you have any final words at all? Just a massive thank you to the three boys for joining us. And a massive thank you to our friend Jasmine at the Noise Cartel for setting this one up for us. Absolutely. Boys, we've had such a great time talking to you. We're so excited to release this. Hopefully everyone enjoys it. Here we go. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, it's beyond extinction now. Here we go, boys. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedules to come and sit with us. We appreciate it massively. Um, so basically, how this works is Jamie's going to do like a really nice introduction. So he's going to lure you into a false sense of security where he's like, this is actually quite a safe space. I quite like it here. And then what's going to happen is we're going to absolutely bombard the living fuck out of you with questions. How does that sound? I like that. I like that. Perfect. Yes. I'm not sweating in an interview. It's not. It's not intense enough. <laughs> Noted. Not sweating enough. Okay. Um, but you, you're welcome to swear. Say what you like. Just obviously don't praise the Nazis or you know anything like that. You know, as long as it's as long as we're all good. <laughs> oh, you, you know say I mean? Taylor Swift. You normally say Nazis or Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'll, I'll give her a break for a week. Um, so yeah, wonderful. If we're all great, Jamie, you can get us started. I shall do. Ladies and gentlemen, when you think of Essex, you think of things like Towie, Jamie Oliver, or even its really long coastline. What you don't think is the future of deathcore. Today, we are joined by three incredibly talented musicians from a band that have been described as death metal of the highest order. Now, that's an accolade right there. Here to talk more about their brand new EP, Nothing More Wretched, which releases on the 17th of March. Joining us are Zach Scott, Jude Bennett and Niall Alley, because these are the chronicles of Beyond Extinction. Hey. Hello. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> I love it. Such enthusiasm to get us kicked off. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's like one balloon just rises up. <laughs> so uh, I'll start. What well, it's probably easy if we go individually. So I'll start with Zach. How have the last few years been? Like the pandemic season, you know, on the band, on yourself, etc. How did you? Uh, have the last few years been? Uh, it's it's been all right because it, it came at a kind of good time in terms of the band. Um, because it kind of let us because before the pandemic we were just playing Essex pretty much um, okay. just Essex shows like Chelmsford, Colchester, Southend, Basildon that was pretty much it but um, once it hit and we were just obviously couldn't do shows couldn't go to shows couldn't do anything it kind of gave us a kind of decent amount of time to sit back and look about uh, look at kind of where we want to go as a band in terms of sound in terms of the shows we want to be playing stuff like that um and from that was the writing sessions for the last ep uh, the fatal flaws of humankind which was like a night and day kind of step up from what we were doing before because before that we were like shit and um <laughs> <laughs> sell the product Zach. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean yeah i um, there's no hiding it. We were, uh, obviously we, we were like so young as well. So it's, it's fine. But, um, yeah, it, it did 
kind of let us um, have that time to reflect on what we wanted to do and really think about it. And obviously we've released the EP in lockdown, which was very, very weird because we just released all these new songs, couldn't play them because mm. there was no shows. So by the time we started playing the songs, uh, like when lockdown kind of eased up, we were already kind of sick of hearing them because they've been out for so long. <laughs> um, so, so then we just started kind of writing for the next stuff. But um, I think overall, obviously, the pandemic was horrific and a, t a terrible thing in general. But um, just in terms of having the time to um, do that was a positive thing as a band. Nice. Niall? Yeah, no, I agree, man. 100%. Uh, especially with a bit about our band being shocking before. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah we were young and then we took the break we took the pandemic time just work on our music i think at some point we were meeting up like multiple times a week like constantly all driving out getting it working and yeah it was a lot of fun great time for the band actually to work improve it's paid off well i think wonderful how about for you personally how was the last couple of years oh, <laughs> a lot less good a lot less good uh I don't know what it is. Just like, I think the struggle of having to be at home, all these things, new challenges and stuff. I, some people react to it better than others, but yeah, that's what the music's for, you know? Like we just focus on that, keep positive. Yeah, it's all good. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, I mean, sort of echoing what, what Zach and Nar said, it's kind of been kind of been wild um the last few years it kind of feels like in a in a weird way it hasn't happened um because it you know it was already like three years ago and it's just like how is that possible um yeah. but you know <laughs> at, at times at times it was nice because we had that um time to just sit back and just write riffs and i was on you know furlough from my job so we were just like well we haven't got anything else to do let's just write an ep because why not um but then there was other times where it just felt like that you know that scene from wallace and gromit where like he's on the train and he's constantly like laying out the tracks like just in <laughs> front of the train it kind of felt like that um but you know it's been a it's, it's been a bit of an interesting time the last few years what but i think we're uh, <laughs> oh. you know, it's been good it's been good um, and bad, but I think we're we're more going to the good now. <laughs> Never thought I'd hear a Wallace and Gromit reference like that. That's super beautiful. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> but you're absolutely right, though. It does not feel like it's three years ago almost. It's crazy. I was saying this to the wife when we were on the way home from somewhere the other day. Like to think at one point none of this was open. Like all, all we're just stuck in the house doing nothing. It's crazy. A question I like to ask all of our guests, although it feels weird asking you guys this because you're already quite young still. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Was it always music for you or was it something completely different? An astronaut? I, I don't know. Uh, Niall, what about you? Yeah, do you know what? It's funny. It's funny you ask that because I was literally having this conversation with Zach like yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I think we were saying like we both decided so young that like there's nothing we're quite as good at and we enjoy at the same time as music. So we kind of like narrowed our choices very early and just took a weird career path into being a musician. Yeah. Well, we yeah, I looked at the conversation yesterday. <laughs> like, what were you saying about it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like 
before before I started doing music because I I mean I started properly doing music was it like actually playing an instrument when I was like 12 I think and it's like before that there was nothing ever that like properly interested me um it is like something that I wanted to do but then as soon as like I joined the band and stuff like that as soon as it was started doing that it was like this is what I want to do and that's literally the only thing where I felt like I actually just want to do it for the rest of my life and I'd be like happy doing it that's amazing what about you Jude I get the feeling you're going to go off left course and go oh I actually really want to be a rocket scientist (laughs) yeah no no um no I suppose the revelation came to me when I was watching uh Wallace and no um (laughs) (laughs) no sorry um no I when I was growing up I never I never was really involved in anything musical um to any extent really I mean my parents weren't really musical or like played anything they they played a lot of music though um and I suppose that sort of planted the seed in my head which would later grow to sort of being a musician but I suppose it wasn't until I was maybe 14 and I discovered Slipknot and I was like oh my god bro this is just the most it's just the best shit ever bro and I bought a guitar because I thought I actually remember thinking can't be that hard like anyone can play this (laughs) like and I just I remember getting a guitar and I was just like this is how clueless I was I plugged it into the amp just straight no pedals no effects anything and I was like, man, why, is it, why doesn't it sound like Slipknot, bro? Why isn't, where, where's the heavy tone, bro? Um, so, and then I, I just, I just sort of, I just sort of kept at it. And, and from Slipknot, I sort of went on, like when I was in college, like a mate of mine, like showed me Buried Tomorrow. And then I got into like Metalcore. And then I just went on this whole journey. And I think, I think the best thing you can do as a metalhead is just surround yourself with people who listen to all kinds of different stuff and all kinds of different metal because, you know, I've discovered some amazing bands that I would never have really got into without like my bandmates, for example. Um, And even recently, you know, I'm still constantly finding new music and constantly sort of finding these hidden gems that I, you know, I think more people should know about. So yeah, I've kind of, I was sort of a bit late to the party, but then I I just sort of realized in college, I used to want to be a paramedic because a lot of first aid like stuff as a kid and my granddad was quite into like first aid and that kind of stuff. And then I was like, you know what? Like, it's not really what I want. It's just what people have sort of suggested that I should do. And I thought, well, what do I actually enjoy? And it was like, well, it's photography and music. And I was like, well, hmm, which is the more expensive hobby that will just grind me into dust mentally as a <laughs> musician it is. <laughs> now, which Slipknot album was it that you got? Uh, well, I remember seeing the YouTube video for Psychosocial and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And I think I just, I can't even remember what I first got into. It, I probably, would, knowing me, I probably would have just started at the uh, the debut album and then just worked my way from there. Oh. Um, but I was kind of into like corn and disturbed and all that kind of stuff beforehand and a bit of Deftones and it, and I, but Slipknot was like the first band I like properly, like, like the first love, you know? Um, and then I was just like, Oh, I want to just like grow my hair really long and do all this kind of shit. So I suppose that was my sort of awakening to it. I love that. Nice. Obviously, you say you were listening to Corn and Disturbed and all that stuff, but where did that love for metal music and music come from in general for you to 
discover those bands? Uh, I think just from what I was played as a kid, I mean, my mum played a lot of a lot of like ABBA and Steps, but she also played like some more contemporary stuff. My dad was very much like ACDC, Metallica type thing. Um, and like one of the earliest things I remember is just like going, waking up as like a really small kid and just going into my dad's like office and he was listening to like Black Sabbath and he was like, oh, come and ha come have a listen to this. And it's that same like filthy bass lines and like really nasty stuff that just kind of, I suppose that's that was like the prerequisite for getting into metal because it's not really that much different. And me and Nile were talking about this yesterday because Nile's a massive drum and bass fan, and we were saying like there's quite a lot of parallels between that and metal, where immersing yourself in just a, and just sort of riding that wave. So yeah, I suppose you know it, it came from a few different places, but um, I suppose I, I never went for a scene phase or anything. It was just straight from like, it was just straight from like Skrillex into Slipknot. It was, you know, but we won't talk about, we won't talk about that phase. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that phase, nothing wrong with that phase. What about you, Zach? Where did that love for music and metal especially come from? Uh, for me, it was, it was my dad as well, um, because my dad, uh, he basically just listens to like 70s music. So it's a lot of like, on the softer side of things, which I also like as well, but there's nothing to do with metal, like Bob Dylan, Neil Young, like that kind of stuff. But um, he would also listen to probably like the heaviest band that he like actually liked was uh, ACDC. And, um, and he'd seen them like a couple of times and stuff. So I, that was the first band that got me into just like rock. Um, and that's like Angus Young was the reason why I bought my first, well, got my first guitar um when I was I think 11 and it was just kind of a steady progression kind of going chronologically from you know the 70s and 80s onwards um and then eventually somehow found my way to like death metal and all that kind of underground stuff now where it's at the point where kind of I'm listening to a lot of like very specific genres like noise grind or like the early 2000s american hardcore um <laughs> so very kind of specialized now but the way i got into it was a very kind of chronological slowly getting heavier and heavier the more mm. that my ears got adjusted to you know that <laughs> uh that sound but i think i think the the tipping point into the more extreme side of things which is basically all I listen to now was uh, Rain and Blood because ah. that I, I think I got that album when I was 14 and um, I still listen to it quite a lot because it's just a flawless album um, and it it just kind of tipped me over the edge into the, the world that is extreme music. <laughs> What I love when you talk to people who listen to like death metal and stuff like that is go, well, I started off here, it was quite normal. And then all of a sudden I just sort of fell into heavier stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no one ever really knows how they got there. They just sort of fell into it. Yeah, it just happens. <laughs> oh, I had a single moment where it all happened. And it was like, me and Jas were hanging out. He was like, oh, I'll come to this show. I was like big into Red Hot Chili Peppers and all that. And it was like asking Alexandra playing with like, 
Parkway Drive headlining and um, uh, who else like Sticks Your Guns on the Bill, someone else as well. Uh, yeah, and that was my first metal show. I turn up with like the Red Hot Chili Peppers shirt, a cap. <laughs> I walk out wearing it like a sash, just like limping <laughs> out of the venue. From that moment on, it was just full metal, nothing else. Like. <laughs> That's amazing. That is awesome. But how did you fall into the world of rock and metal in general, Niall? Sorry. Yeah, well, I guess like when I was, I don't know, maybe like 13, my mate was like, oh, do you want to be in a band? I was like, I don't play an instrument. It's like, I play drums, it's easy. Turned out it was pretty easy as well. And like, yeah, then I started chilling with Jasper. He was like, man, check out the band after Alexandra. And then, yeah, slowly through, went through all that scene phase, listening to stuff I don't particularly listen to these days. <laughs> it's heavier and heavier over time. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Play the drums, it's easy. You're fucking right, you know. <laughs> I just so, feel it, and it's all right. Not too bad. Where does the uh, where does the name come from? I mean, anyone can take this one. Where does Beyond Extension? Where's the actual name come from itself? Uh, well, we we used to be called uh, Force of Retribution, which okay. was a pretty shit name. So we eventually <laughs> decided that we uh, needed to change it. And uh, this was on our our old like Snapchat group chat that we had, and we were just like bouncing ideas back and forth. I was on the toilet, and this lends proof to the theory that. <laughs> all good ideas come from there. Because then I just said, like, Beyond Extinction, because I thought it sounded cool. I don't know where it came from. It just kind of popped into my head. And they were just like, yeah, that's cool. Let's go with that. And, and we did. <laughs> so it's it, smell, lads. It's Beyond Extinction. to say, oh, that's a good fucking good name. <laughs> then again, I suppose, I suppose Force of Retribution doesn't look good in all the jaggedy, thorny-type star writing, does it, that every deathcore death metal band needs... Um, yeah. <laughs> just out of curiosity, I don't know if you guys, uh, wh why do bands do that? Why do metal bands go, I need to make sure this is unreadable as possible, all right? So like nobody <laughs> knows what we're actually called, but it looks great because they go, well, at least I know they're deathcore or death yeah. metal or black metal. <laughs> I think... I don't I think, think anyone like knows, a, really. <laughs> the way I see it, it's like a branding thing. Like, if I'm looking at a gig poster and um, I don't know any of the bands... I see their logos and it's like that kind of style. I know that I probably will like them. It's the same with yeah. like hardcore bands always do the like old English font in their logos. It's like, okay, I'm, pr I'm probably going to like what this band are doing if their logo's like that. Whereas obviously if it's just a name, sometimes it's a little bit ambiguous yeah. and it, it's funny as well. Like, <laughs> and then along comes party cannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so where did you guys actually meet then? Have, have you known each other for years and years or did you come together through the band? Or like, how did you guys meet? Oh, it's been time actually. Like me and Zach and Jasper as well, we all went to the same school and Jude's little brother was in my class. Uh, so we've all just had like connections for a long time. Uh, actually, I think Jude and Zach had an even longer connection than that. You guys knew each other. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was mad, a, actually. That was a coincidence. Yeah, it's actually mad because Zach grew up in Southend and I grew up in Southend as well. And it wasn't actually until I was in the band that, and I went around Zach's house, that I realised he actually lived legitimately one street away from me. Oh. So, um, and we just grew up like, and I occasionally went around his house and everything. And I just like, it was just like unlocking a memory when I went around. I was just like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> 
That's awesome. So you knew each other and didn't even realise it, really. That's great. Yeah. yeah, we'd like probably played together or like, you know, all that kind of stuff and then just forgot and then just years later just been like, what is the coincidence of that? Yeah, it's it was mad because it was always like, because Leon, um, like Jude's brother is closer like to my age than Jude. So I'd always be like closer with him. And uh, my like my older brother's closer to Jude's age. So it was like, they were always like closer. So it was like kind of distant enough. And it was so long ago that I just like forgot. And then my brother told me, he was like, do you know who this is? And I was like, what do you mean? Do I know who this is? He just joined my band. Yeah, I know who it is. It was like, no, do you, do you know who this is? And uh, he explained it. It was just like. And he pulled up the police just... report. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you go from being in school together and knowing each other's brothers and whatnot to suddenly going, we're in a band? But how does how does that come together? We were like the only, pretty much the only like metal fans in school. So it's kind of out, of out of necessity. Like um I think Niall and Jasper had been in the band before me. Um and I, I knew Niall through another guy called Niall who used to be in the band. Um which is where it, it gets confusing. But um, so I, I met them through that and they just like asked me to come along to a practice. I started playing some like shitty thrash riffs and they were like, whoa, let's, let's do this, man. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy time because that was literally like 14 years old. Yeah. And like Jasper was like, I was a year above that. Jasper was a year above me. And he was like, who, like, who have you brought to this practice? And then we heard him playing. Like that was the first time we're hearing like proper music. I don't know, not, nothing like what Zach was doing, not that thrash stuff. Like, we were just listening to Arsene Alexander, and he was playing these like fast shredding riffs. It was crazy, man. So, no wonder Zach was saying you guys were shit when you first started because he weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only about good once I joined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, we were still definitely shit for a long time after I joined. <laughs> <laughs> How does like your writing process work then? Is it a case of boys check this out? This is this riff I've got to lay it down, and then Jasper goes, "Okay, well I write some notes over that." Or has he got songs written already, or is it drums? Like, how does it actually the actual process go when writing the track? Um, I suppose it's it's changed a bit over the years because we used to the way we used to do it when we were like teenagers was um, we just book a practice session out, and it would kind of be a practice and a rehearsal slash a writing session. And we'd all be like, hey guys, uh, we've got this really cool riff. Uh, we'll be playing it. And we're like, oh my God, bro, it's so cool. And we just came up with like a song in like four hours. And we're like, yeah, we'll play it, we'll, we'll play it Friday. Um, and that was kind of how we did it. And we just had all these absolutely dreadful songs that thankfully no one has heard because no one was at the shows. Um, and uh but the way we do it now is that we do actually, uh, it's, it's kind of a bit different. Like most of us live in London now, but I'm like the complete other end of London to Zach and Niall. So uh, the way we do it right now is that we'll come up with a riff or we'll come up with even like a whole song, like individually and then present it and then go, okay, let's start up like a bank of ideas. Then we'll come together collaboratively at a later date and go, right, 
let's pick this song let's see what we can do to it let's kind of rewrite it let's examine it and i suppose the, the thing that's changed the most over the years is just our quality control um it, our quality control these days is insanely higher because we we all we are all into different things um musically so it's difficult to find that middle ground where we're all happy with like yeah this is like a cool like song so when we kind of write something and everyone's like mm, yeah that's that's quite cool then we know that we're on something and we can kind of flesh it out a bit more and but we are quite strict with it you know um if it's not really if we're not onto a winner we don't kind of entertain the idea of a song um so yeah but we just kind of bounced it backwards and forwards collaboratively the, the thing we learned with with writing the new ep that's coming out soon is that we write best when we're together and we write best when you know Niall and Zach will sit down and go right here's this here's a, a song structure idea and then Zach will come up with some riffs and I'll come in and do some spooky shit in the background and I'll track bass on it and do some extra riffs and we start piecing it together Jasper will do some vocals um so that's the kind of way we've been doing it but as for the future I'm, I'm not really sure but I'm, I'm one thing that is for certain we'll definitely still be doing it collaboratively because that's just how we've found is the best way to get the sound we want to achieve yeah but you you've mentioned how like the stuff you wrote before will hopefully never see the light of day so according to like your first ep that i found was dune strider how long after forming did did that come out then how long have you been together before you released that I think that the June Strider single came out in 2019. Um, I, I joined the band in, I think, January of 2019, and we released it in late 2019. Um, so I think that was, that was a case where I, I brought in that song. It was just one of mine that I had, like, written before and I was just like hey guys it's just a cool song and their guys were like yeah it's not too shit let's record it um <laughs> and we just went into the recording studio with Matt our producer um and we just I think I, I think we recorded like three different songs and it was basically just meant to be a let's have a listen to these songs like for, it was the first time ever listening to like proper demos proper like us playing and hearing it back in like some some like of a professional way and we recorded three tracks and the June Strider performance that we did in the studio we actually thought you know what, that's good enough to like polish up a bit and just release as a single so we did it that way for that one but I, you know we've never done it like that before um, or, or after um, so it was quite an interesting release that because it was like it definitely stands out in all our music I think we've way changed our down since then like it's not even comparable yeah. now yeah but like, when we did that that was our first time probably recording in studio and we also did it all like a live recording so yeah. rather than tracking the drums and then tracking guitars and layering them on top we just did it all in one and then did vocals after so i feel like that was like a big point in us learning the whole studio side of everything that's happened since yeah so all 100%. these stuff if we're not happy with it now like they've played a big part in what we've ended up as so part of the journey for sure you're always learning that's the thing you're always learning and seeing what how things work but obviously we've spoken to you guys about how the music works i know he's not here but 
when it comes to Jasper and his lyrics, do you know where he gets his inspiration for his lyrics? Is it just something he makes off the top of his head or are they quite personal to him? Loads of weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he studied politics, so he's full of hatred. Oh, weed and politics. Yeah, perfect, perfect for a death metal <laughs> lyricist politics. right there. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to listen back to this and man, you bastards. <laughs> I mean... He, he... God's like... Sorry, so um, from like, because he he just does the lyrics by himself. To be honest, because um, because obviously he doesn't play an instrument, so we do the instrumentals, and he just mo- does like almost all the all of the lyrics himself. Um, I think now, like especially with the new EP, he uh, because he spoke to us about like his thought process in a in terms of lyrics and stuff, and he he's a very like conceptual writer now, so he's when we think of what we're doing, like an EP or an album or whatever, he'll first kind of think of a whole concept or a whole theme or whatever it is for the release, then work out different ways to approach it for each song and then kind of write the lyrics from there. And a lot of the actual, like the writing of the actual lyrics themselves, like the specific words he uses, a lot of it is just down to writing like the coolest sounding lines that have the most impact and it's like it's a good way of writing because it just means kind of when you read the lyrics it's like very kind of impactful because every line kind of means something and sounds sick (laughs) (laughs) i felt that with apex predator yes like just with actual apex predator was fuck when the breakdown kicks in i was like jesus christ that's filthy yes like sometimes like you kind of come up with a good line or a good song title and then you're like, all right, shit, I've got to write some like lyrics that mean something based on this line because it just sounds so cool. <laughs> I love that. My favourite thing in heavy, heavy music these days, I was like, I always wonder when a vocalist knows just when the right part of the song is it good to just go, Bleh. it's just, there's <laughs> one, every song, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> So looking at your releases, your upcoming EP is your second EP. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, technically, yeah, uh, is our third, but we're not oh. going to talk about that. No, no, it's, it's our second. <laughs> oh, I feel like there's a story here now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that was well before Jude and everything. Yeah. Actually, now I think about it, that was our first actual time recording. But this was, was like, we were like, what? I, me, me and Zach must have been like 15, 16 at the time. So it was... Yeah that level of skill and everything involved <laughs> the producer who did it did like the best he could but he was working with like amateurs yeah so we, we kind of took it off and you know that's part of the journey but no one needs to hear that no one needs to hear that yeah that's staying locked up in the vault <laughs> embarrassment is essential to growth <laughs> i like it as podcasters <laughs> we can agree with that when you listen back to some of our earlier stuff so we get it we get it but yeah. is there a reason why you've done it this way? We're doing EPs and singles instead of going for a full album. Money. Yeah. Yes. Money. Yeah. <laughs> Money. Yeah. <laughs> I also think um, up until this point that we're at now, we, we've been on such a journey of like trying to nail down a kind of sound that we're like truly happy with. Like we've done um like the fatal flaws was much more based on what we're listening to at the time some of our outside influences 
you know, there's a bit of um, there's a bit of deathcore in there. There's a bit of death metal. There's a bit of you know thrash, and with the new EP, it was more sort of let's just not think about the genre. Let's not think about anything other than creating a fat riff and just we just wrote it. It, it wasn't really something we. I mean, we had a talk before we started writing about what we kind of wanted. Um, and it's good yeah. to kind of lay down that sort of framework. But other than that, we just sort of let loose on what was inside, really. I, I think we did have like a big period of reflection after Fatal Flaws, where we like really analysed, because that was like around like lockdown and COVID and all that, where we were thinking a lot about the band and moving forward. And we just sort of thought like, what do we enjoy doing? What do we do well? Like, what could we do better? And then we just like, when we did this like recent one, the Nothing More Wretched, Oh man, it just all came together and it was like, yeah, this is, I think this is the sound for us. There'll be changes again down the line, but this is us. Like, I think the thing yeah. is as well, like if you do, if, if you're in a period where you're kind of uncertain about what you want your sound to be and you're still experimenting and trying to find it, if you do a full length, that's a really big commitment to whatever the sound is at the time. So if you're still kind of between two sounds and you've not really found your kind of identity as a band it can be kind of damaging because it can make listeners think that that's your sound when in reality mm. that's not really what you want to do so then for your next release it'll be different some people might not like it I think an EP is a really good kind of length of time to experiment with sounds and stuff and because it's not enough to really cement that as who you are as a band so you can do two very different sounding EPs like we've done, you know, the Fatal Flaws and Nothing More Wretched are very different sonically, but because they're both EPs and not like, you know, 40 minutes worth of music each, it's mm. um, a lot easier to kind of make that transition and not turn people away. Plus I think this sort of day and age now as well, a lot of people want it now. So whether when me and Jamie were growing up, it was like you had to wait two, three years for albums and stuff. But now you've got Spotify and you've got all the on-demand sort of stuff and everything. It's like, cool, that was great. What's next? Cool, that was great. What's next? Yeah. So I think doing it as like single and EP releasing rather than a full length is actually quite a genius idea as well because everyone's like, that was great. What what, what have you got coming out now? Yeah. It's, it's definitely, um, the industry is definitely now very centered around singles, which... Yeah. I, I'm not a massive fan of singles. Like usually if like standalone singles, obviously if it's not part of a release, then whatever. But usually nowadays bands will release like, say it's an eight track album, they release like four or five as singles. And it's like, for me on a personal listening level, I don't like that because it means I've already heard over half the album. Yeah. So when I'm listening Ooh. through it on release day, it's not fresh. So most of the time I'll just ignore the singles wait for the album to drop but we're all kind of slaves to the spotify algorithm and the spotify algorithm really <laughs> likes singles so you gotta kind of play the game a little bit i agree with that because i often find you listen to an album and the singles that you've already heard end up being your favorite songs because you're just yeah. so familiar with them already yeah really they're probably not the best song on there it's just because you already know them yeah exactly I like that. so let's talk about the new ep nothing more wretched how excited are you for your fans to hear this for a start? Very excited. Yeah. 
it's um it's, sorry go on i was gonna say because you've all sound so proud of what you've achieved with this ep yeah i'd say we are i mean it's it's a it's a big achievement for us um i, I suppose on on a personal level and on a sort of level with the music as well because you know we we went through i think the ep is it's a statement on the change that we've all had as as people and musicians in the band and as and and how the band's changed as well over the last few years post you know the fatal flaws and all that kind of stuff getting more familiar with touring it like massively expanding our horizons of like what we listen to and what we appreciate and i think it's a good sort of statement piece on okay this is us this is what like this is everything that we've absorbed from what we've been doing over the last few years sort of you know put on a baking tray put into the oven for however long and you know served fresh um speaking really poetically (laughs) today man i don't know what it is we just come back from tour my brain's absolutely scrambled so god knows where this is coming from um but you know yeah exactly um it's either Wallace and Gromit or poetry today. So just take your pick. I'm, I, I can do both. Um, oh, please. If, if we're taking a bit. No, uh, but what about you, Niall? How excited are you for people to listen to this? Uh, the thing is, like, with the music we're writing, like, it all gives me the feeling that I love when I listen to other people's music. Like, you know, when a breakdown is just like, oh, it makes you want to like curl up inside. But like, I still get that feeling playing the songs today. Like, that, that, I'm just so excited to share that, you know? That's awesome. And you, and you, Zach? Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same. Like, we've been sitting on these songs for a long time, um, like well over a year now that they've been uh, written, I think. Or at least we've been, we've been playing most of them for like ages as well um so being able to have it reach so many more people through um actually having released it is just great because i mean the reception to the two singles has been uh, really good so far and i think it's a very good um kind of sign of what's to come in terms of the ep uh, and i think it's just on a, on a personal level as a musician the first time I can look back at a release of a, like more than one song and just be completely happy with it and be like, I'm proud of that. And I, in five years time, I don't think I'm going to be terribly ashamed about um, the quality <laughs> of this album. Like, I, I think it's the first time yeah. that I think personally what I've contributed to is going to age well and um, is going to, is actually good basically. <laughs> You've had quite the meteoric rise in your short stint as a band together, haven't you? I mean, you played Bloodstock New Stage, you've shared the stage with Red Method, you've shared the stage with Our Hollow, Our Home, Cancer Bats, etc. Like, it must be a really crazy feeling to now drop in this, this new EP coming in March to have done so much already in such a small space of time. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. But I feel like with all of us, we're always just like, keep looking forward, like what's next, you know? That's just the yeah. way we've always looked at it. Yeah. Every now and then we'll just be like, oh, do you remember when we played Bloodstock? But all these <laughs> moments, like, like, like with, with Bloodstock or like the Cancer Bats show and everything, like you'll spend weeks and weeks building up, like getting excited, practicing your parts. 
and then for like 30 minutes on stage that goes just like that so you're mm. just always looking at what's next you know yeah I, th I think it's it's really hard when you're kind of in the band to see like to gauge how big you are as a band because you know it's just like to me these are just like three guys that i've known for um like six or seven years and i've seen them at their absolute lowest and i've <laughs> you know so i i just see them they're just my friends i'm just playing music with my friends mm. and it's very weird to think that you know this dumb heavy music that we're making uh other people enjoy it and other people want to listen to it and come see us so it's um at least for me personally it's really weird to think of ourselves as a band that you know other people actually like pay attention to but it, it is mad <laughs> but they are though like tom said you've had this amazing rise throughout like your spotify streams are flying up there like it's amazing work but when you put these new singles out the people that have been following you since the beginning what was the feedback like from them and have you had new people go i've just found this track and you guys are fucking great that's the best thing, honestly, is like, because when when we released the two videos on um, Slam Worldwide, uh, I'd just be like refreshing it, looking at all the new comments. And there was just loads of people saying like, first time ever hearing this band, like you've got yourself a new fan, stuff like that. People leaving like <clears throat> sick comments. And it's like, it's, it's crazy to see people saying that about, you know, music we just kind of wrote around each other's houses and in our, in our bedrooms and stuff. Um, but it's it's really cool to see it because um, when you obviously as a as a musician you put so much of yourself into the music that you make and getting like a really positive response from it from the people that have obviously been following us since 2017 18 there are a few of them and uh, new people discovering us as well like it's just amazing to see it. It's difficult sometimes to appreciate when you're in the band doing stuff all the time, just sort of what you've achieved and, and everything. And I think sometimes it's difficult to not be too hard on yourself and go, okay, well, you know, we've done some cool stuff, but there's no reason to get like complacent. Let's just keep pushing and keep pushing. And I think obviously that is the attitude that we all have, but at the same time, it's important to go, you know what, we actually just did a really a really good tour. You know, people are really enjoying the songs. Because it's difficult, it's difficult to like, like exactly what Niall said, like it's kind of crazy. We sometimes go, yeah, we play Bloodstock because that was just a, a, a little drop in the ocean of like everything that we do in the band. I mean, it's every single day we just do do stuff every single day and just constantly talking about things and constantly grinding and, you know, you know, paying for stuff and, you know, it, it never really stops. So to sort of have these moments where actually it is all worth it, it's just fantastic. And to everyone who, you know, comes out to shows or listens to us, like we're just so, so grateful because that's, it just makes everything so worth it. Everyone's always so hard on themselves. Though. We're hard on ourselves and we do stuff like this all the time. It's, I think everybody's their own worst critic every time. Yeah. Um, but what I would say to you, Zach, is obviously don't get too immersed in the comments. Because <laughs> like, obviously there are going to be some wankers out there that are oh, going yeah, to keyboard couple. warriors. Yeah, there's, there's always a couple. I, I, uh, when I see people like, there, there was one, one comment that just made me laugh on uh, the Eyes of God video. And he was like, um, so 
shout out to this guy if he's listening, but he's probably not. Um, <laughs> but he uh, he just said like this this song was amazing, really refreshing new death metal up until the final breakdown. Stop trying to copy Lorna Shaw, and that was it. And I was like, that was that was really cool until you said that last bit. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Lorna, I mean, I, I don't even listen to Lorna Shaw, so, and I wrote the breakdown, so I... <laughs> <laughs> there was another great one on uh, YouTube a little while ago, which was um, uh, Sing, Don't Scream, You Sound Like Everyone Else. Just thought it was quite oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, what? <That's> yeah. <laughs> people, baffle, people baffle me sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. We it's find like, it okay. funny. You good, know. that's good. It's like, here's my address. Here's a guitar. Crack on. On, let's, if you're so fucking, you know, if you obviously know what you're talking about, have a bash. Come on, obviously write a better bright on a me. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was tour? That was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. We played with um, this last one we just played with Winter Hotel, and they're a lot of fun to be around. Uh, just got good experiences. I don't think there was a single bad moment. To be honest, like, lovely when that happens. Yeah, I mean, as well, like last night as well, uh, was with Turbea Tyrant. And we, I, I think we have, we have played with them before, but we couldn't see them uh, at Derby Altfest. So then actually being able to see them this time was sick because I didn't know what to expect. And they just like blew me so away. Good. And like Winter Hotel as well, they're so sick. And it's like, it's so cool just, you know, being able to, you know, go to a show, play a show like play a six set have people enjoy it and then you get to watch these like new mates you've just made mm. like have doing a fucking sick show as well you know it's a, such a good way to discover new bands obviously making friends with the other band because we've not we've never been on a tour where we haven't made friends with the other band and continue to do shows with them or just be friends with them in general and uh you know, always going to each other's shows, even like months after the tour, like Human Hell, you know, they still come to our shows, even though they're not a band anymore. And they're still just like very supportive of us just because of that one tour where they didn't know us beforehand. They just took a chance on us. And uh, that that kind of thing is just such a good way of doing things, I think. That's awesome. And like you say, that's the best way to do it because if ever a band's in a tight spot, they're like, shit, we need a band, we need a band to fill in you're in you, they know they can rely on you they know you're good they know you bring your crown up there you go and it just builds more opportunities for you and yeah yeah mate i love that but speaking of touring and playing like are there any particular songs on this ep that you're looking forward to people hearing whether that be on spotify or whatever or live like you can't wait to play them live ah uh, all of them for different reasons really i mean <laughs> I suppose with this EP, every single song, there's one section at least where we're all just like, yeah, this is the section. <laughs> this is, you know, this is the shit, you know. Um, there's uh, the single, the single we're about to release this month, um, which is from, which is the title track of the EP. There's the whole, pretty much the whole back half of the song is just one riff um, with different like grooves. And it's just so much fun to play live because you just get to, first of all, for me, playing it, hearing like 
playing the riff and and feeling like Niall's like double kick just go through me when I'm just playing this riff I'm just like oh it's so good and then just seeing people like respond in the audience it's like yes this is this is exactly what we wanted when we wrote this song and I remember me and uh Zach right in the end of this song and we must have played it about six or seven times just over and over just shall we play it one more time yeah let's play it one more time <laughs> yeah and it, you know so but it's funny because we've been playing these songs for a while we figured out like okay there's bits from this song that everyone always responds to um you know mm. there's that that breakdown like people go like wild for so hopefully we're going to see the same thing when when all the songs come out but i think um i speak for the guys here when i just say that we're just excited for everyone to just hear it all together as one package absolutely yeah amazing and speaking of the package as well the artwork on the ep is fantastic who did that evan evan labelle from human hell who i was like that's that's what i was saying like we uh make connections from that tour with him and he did the artwork for the ep and is insane like he did, he did such a good job as well. it's it's crazy good like i remember when we first got it back i was just looking at it and i was like man that is just so sick like how is that going to be the artwork for our ep like being able to have that art attached to music that is like a, that i've contributed to like that's just crazy because it's evan if you're listening you smashed it mate <laughs> <laughs> you really did it was the first thing i saw when when we were reading through like the pack and everything and checking out i was like fuck me that artwork's amazing yeah that's awesome but before we start wrapping up guys if there's anyone listening to this who you know they like the idea the sound of beyond extinction they like they like the cut of your jib as, they, as we like to say is there any particular track or two from your guys back catalog that you would encourage people to go check out to get a feel of what you do of stuff that's released now i would have to say gravedigger just because yeah that that song just i love it like i never it never gets old playing it never gets old listening to it like it's a i i think it's like the best song that we've released to be honest i think it hits a bit different from the others as well like they all hit hard in a different way but that one is like on its own yeah it's hard to explain. You've got to listen to it. It's just got, it's got that something, hasn't it? It's just yeah. It that, sort of, yeah. it fits the brief of writing it and listening to it being like, okay, we want to write a song that's like the equivalent of being hit in the head with like a frying pan. Like that's, <laughs> that's where we're at. And I think Gravedigger really delivers that because you just, you hear that intro and then it goes quiet and then it's just bang, the frying pan hits. And you just, the last thing you remember is just the word Teflon and, and then you're just out. <laughs> that that needs to be said on stage now. This is our next song. It's like being hit with a frying pan. <laughs> we'll get Jasper to say that. Um, I just want to go back to, obviously, when you did Fatal Flaws during the pandemic. Like, being in the studio, because I watched the video... Was that really weird? Is it kind of a different vibe, obviously, because did you have to be in the room individually and that sort of thing? You had to wear masks all the time, I saw as well. So, obviously, compared to when you did the new EP, that must have been quite a weird experience. Yeah, it was um, It was slightly strange. Um, 
it's difficult as it is to communicate in the studio sometimes with all the thick glass and everything. So, yeah, you know, it, you know, trying to communicate in sort of wild hand gestures to Matt, um, you know, because you can't hear you through the mask, you know, just like, you know, how, you know, how do you, how does he communicate? You're not in tune, you dickhead, um, <laughs> through the glass, you know, uh, it's difficult, but no, it, in all seriousness, it, it was hard. Um, I remember I sort of, because I was handling the demos for it at that point, I went to all of the recording sessions just as like the quality control person and just to make sure that everything was like um, going smoothly. So it was weird because usually we'd all be in the studio or a lot of us would be in the studio and checking out bits and that. But it was it was difficult. Like, with the, I mean, with the Fatal Flaws, we'd never really, I mean, we hadn't recorded a proper EP at that point. So being in the studio, like over a, a certain number of days, instead of just having one day where we just do instrument by instrument was difficult as it was. And it was interesting. Um, but yeah, it, it was a strange time. And I, I, we were glad when we went into the studio to record nothing more wretched because it was just like, ah, it's just, it's nice to get back to normal, yeah. you know? And mm. um, I also saw that somebody drank a whole six pack of J2O. Who was that? <laughs> Me. <laughs> First of all, what flavor? Apple and mango. Oh, excellent choice. Did you not feel what what all six in one go, or was it over a period of time? <laughs> I mean, it's a it, you're slaving over the guitar. I mean, what can I say? It gets hot, you know. You got to keep your dehydration levels up, and it it just helps, you know. Just just a couple of bottles, just to sharpen the mind, <laughs> you know, for the for the riffs at hand, you know. So it, I, everyone thinks it's strange behavior, but you got to do what you got to do to squeeze the riffs out, you know. Because I thought they would have been you now, to be quite honest with you, with your, you know, thrusting yourself around everywhere, smashing anything that's in sight. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I got a much unhealthier habit of banging, like, energy drinks. Like, if oh. I was on drinking, I'd be much better off for it. That probably helps, doesn't it? Especially with the double kick pedal and everything else, and everything else you've got going on. As far as a monster or relentless as, you know, gets you right going. <laughs> uh, it helps, but then every now and then I'll just feel like, Man, that's not healthy. What I just drank, like I, I can see all the hands like building up in the corner of my room. It's not good. <laughs> can't be sure. Well, the piss is a luminous green. This can't be right. This <laughs> <laughs> can't be What's the energy. Surely. What's your uh, beverage of choice, Zach? What's a beverage of choice when playing, recording, or at shows? I, I am the same. I, I am a, a fiend for a monster. Like at shows, I don't drink before I play because I'm a massive lightweight. So, um, okay. yeah, so I'll save my drinking for after the show. Um, but before that, it will just be energy drinks and fags. That's all day. <laughs> fair, fair I'd be enough. too scared to drink generally before a show because no, my luck, I'd be halfway through a set. Like, I really need to piss. I really need to piss. Yeah, I, I literally did that to. last night at the show. <laughs> we were 10 minutes. We were 10 minutes. Like, to, I think I ate something dodgy earlier in the day as well. Because we were right. I will tell you what, it was a spoon's breakfast that done me in. To be fair, well, I'm, I fucking um, told you. I told you. I know it was delicious. All right, I, I paid the price, but it was delicious. But yeah, I, it was ten minutes until we were we were on, and I just turned to Jasper and I was like, "Man, I need a toilet. Like I've never needed a toilet before." And he was like, "Fucking hurry up, then." I was just like, "Okay, I'll, I'll, I'm already. I'll just be a second. And oh my god, I felt I I, I was basically played last night, like trying not to throw up. 
Um, but you 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 got to do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Playing it all at times ten. Just 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 smash through it, lads. Just fucking get through yeah. it. <laughs> No, I was like, fuck, I can't keep up. <laughs> um, a question I like to ask every band that we speak to. I know, we, I think I only found the one, but music video-wise, and this is making them uh, not the finished product, love them or hate them? Love it. It's so fun. Love it, really. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the music videos we've done in the past have just been the sort of, the usual metal trope of a couple of lads performing in some sort of variety of shithole building or <laughs> you know scene where it's all like grungy and you know but i i had a bit of a different a different experience because myself and a good friend of mine dylan um we decided for gravedigger um to do something different where we'd never done it before we just had this idea that we came up with for the music video and we just planned it for hours and hours and hours and we just decided that we were going to do this music video with no budget. I mean, legitimately no budget. I mean, we had like a bag of crisps for some extras that turned up and that was it pretty much. Um, and the rest of it was just getting up at like 5.30 in the morning to film at sunrise down South End Seafront or, you know, going to this location to just film at night or, or I mean, my mate Dylan literally got like hosed down in the garden for the music video where it was like freezing. Um, and we just filmed it over a period of about six months and I edited it and put it together and he did all like the color grading and stuff. So it's basically just me and him doing this music video and it actually turned out pretty well. Um, so that was a kind of, cause I just wanted that. I just wanted a first music video for us. That wasn't just us performing or something extra or something different. I think the story of the EP was so good that we couldn't not, put it into a music video somehow. Nice. Absolutely. I mean, did you ever get any people walking by going, the fuck is he? What's going on? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we had that. We had that when it's kind of, it was kind of suspicious because there was me filming him and for the music video, he grew his hair and beard out like really long. So it was just this guy who looked like he was on drugs carrying this massive shovel round with this guy filming him with it like in this trench coat and just, yeah, it must've looked really, really suspicious. Um, we did get quite a lot of funny looks when we recorded the actual like performance part of it, because we did it in Shubri Ness um, in South End in Essex. And it's, it's, it's in this old like artillery. Um, I don't know what you'd call it, where they put the artillery gun um back from when it was like an active like world war ii base so we it just kind of like what it looks like a fort doesn't it yeah it's, it's kind of like a yeah it's kind of like a ring type thing but like it goes down quite a bit and we just filmed it in that and there's just there's like a public footpath like either side of it and so there was all of us like in there like just head banging and like going absolutely crazy now smashing the shit out of the drums you could hear it for miles and it's just this 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 elderly couple just like what the hell like just walking past like with their little Jack Russell and just seeing these guys like it must have been strange. It must have been so funny as well because like you couldn't hear any instruments other than the drums. Like they were obviously yeah. just like miming. They must have looked like idiots just jumping around like air guitar. <laughs> 
phenomenal. I love it. Um, what was I going to say? Guys, this has been so much fun. Tom, have you got any more questions before we start wrapping up? Sorry. I do. I have two more. Is that okay? okay. Go for it. Sorry. <laughs> Um, well, one's not nice a question, but you've got a show on the 16th at Blondie's. Is that correct? That sold out in less than a week? Um, is that correct? Not it's quite. Across. Yeah. It's, it's where? Was it, is this the upcoming show or the one we did? The upcoming one. Fe- I got February 16th. No. That's Have a, I been misled? I yeah, will we... go back to... <laughs> i tell you what, noise <laughs> cartel, I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah. We did... We did um Blondie's. That was last last month, was it? Yeah, yeah, sit for January. I think. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> they put February in the in the in the press list. I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna. You know. Let's not take this apart. No, I'm joking. Yeah, it's not, um, not okay. letting me get away with this. <laughs> That's fine. What we'll do is we'll just ignore that completely. And <laughs> <laughs> when obviously, <laughs> when obviously the band began, when you decided to, you know, when you started out, was it Force of Retribution you recorded originally? Yeah. Did you ever think that by this point now here in 2023 that you would have played Bloodstock, played with Cancer Bats, have two, you know, an EP coming out, etc., and have the fan base that you do? No. I never, <laughs> never even thought about it. It's like if someone, like, I remember the first point we kind of like had that thought was, man, Oh, I can't remember what the release was, but we got like a figure on Spotify saying, hey, someone's listening to your song in the USA. And like, oh, in LA or something. Oh no, it was a video that came up on YouTube. Someone was banging it in the gym, like playing it through the yeah, public yeah. speakers. Yeah. And we were like, if someone said to us when we started the band, that is going to be the peak of your career, I would have taken that. I'd have been like, hell yeah, <laughs> someone in LA playing our music. Yeah. Incredible. What's uh, what's next for you guys? What's that you can talk about? Obviously, then the obviously the EP starts uh, the seventeenth of March. But what's the what's the twenty twenty three plan? What's the what's it looking like? I think the the next big thing, other than well, we've got another single, but um, it's kind of the big the big thing we're looking forward to right now is the release tour, which is in March. Um, so like sixteenth to the eighteenth, then twenty fourth to the twenty twenty third to the twenty fifth, something like that. So those those two weeks um and that's that's going to be really fun because um it's thankfully for me we're playing a hometown show in south end on my 20th birthday oh. um, so i'm yeah i'm planning on getting absolutely fucked up for that <laughs> and it'll cost uh, you absolutely nothing <laughs> exactly exactly two drinks done that's <laughs> yeah. smell enough ice and he's getting anybody's <laughs> <laughs> I've just clicked on the fact you said it on your 20th birthday. The fact you're 19 and you've achieved all this is insane to me. It's incredible. Thank you. It's man. amazing. But that goes to show how much more you guys can achieve because you're still so young. You've got this great fan base already. The sky's the limit, guys. The sky's the limit. We're not slowing down at any time. We're definitely we're, not. We're just going to constantly be on it. I think this year, you know, I, th- I feel like we're going to get a good reception for the EP. I feel like people are going to enjoy it and it's going to kind of spur us on to to go further i mean we're already looking at writing new material and we're already getting some ideas together so who knows what's gonna come out of this year and um who knows especially what's going to come out of next year once we've you know potentially got new music together and got new ideas and all that kind of stuff but i'm very excited and you know it's just you know let's see how how far we can push this yeah i'm excited for you guys i think you're gonna just take off and fly just run with it fucking dude like you say just don't slow down just keep going because who knows yeah. who fucking knows what could happen five ten years down the line 
So, you know, I think you'll be up there, the big boys headlining Bloodstock and whatnot in about five, ten years or so. I hope so, man. That'll bang I, re- I really hope so. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. We'll, we'll talk again in five years' time. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be too big for us then. <laughs> Before we let you guys get out of here, have you got any plugs, social medias, websites, whatever it is you want people to go check out? I mean, all tickets and everything is on our website. Nice and a professional looking website as well. So beyondextinctionuk.com. But um, all our all our stuff's on there. So tickets and emails and shit like that. It's all there. Yeah. I mean, follow us on social media because we're always coming out with um, new content and sort of new show announcements and, you know, all that kind of, all that good stuff. So just, you know, keep your eyes peeled because you never know what we might be coming out with. Phenomenal. Wonderful. Boys, this has been great. Really, really enjoyed this very, very much. Thank you so much for taking the time out. I know now you're not even at home, so uh, appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate that massively. Boys, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us, man. No worries. Thank you. Thank you. Boys, <laughs> this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Uh, all the best with the EP release in March. We'll be shouting about it on the show. Yes. Thank you, guys. Boys. It's been fun. Appreciate You're it, guys. Welcome. Cheers. Thank Look you very after much, yourselves. guys. Take care. See you later. Cheers. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye-bye. Absolutely phenomenal. Like These guys are so inspirational. I said, the fact they're doing what they're doing so young is absolutely amazing. And the pride they have in their music... I love this. If you're out there and you are a creator, no matter what you do, have pride in what you do. Shout it from the fucking rooftops because people will listen and you will get that following you deserve. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely love this one. Absolutely agreed. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. We absolutely love talking to you. And thank you, massive thank you to Jasmine again at the Noise Cartel. And we really hope that you guys enjoy listening to it as much as we did recording it. It's about getting into schools and talking to young people. Because, you know, I, I know that people can change. Uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever. And we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there. Absolutely. Hey there, guys. We are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing. And with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults, and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation, and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help. Head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. <clears throat> Mr. Stevens. Hi, yeah. It's audience participation time. Let's get to it, bitch. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate. Jamie's participation challenge. This week, I said, inspired by Tom's trip to New York, seeing some of the sights and sets of Hollywood classics this week, we ask, what movie or TV set slash location would you like to visit if you could? What say you, Mr. Stevens? Well, when I was away, I saw Home Alone 2. 
I saw a f- in Central Park the bridge where, she, where he gives the doves to the um, to Piers oh. Morgan. I saw the el- the elf scene uh, with the snowball fight. Um, I stood on the uh, little round thing in Central Park when Thor takes Loki back to Asgard in the very first Avengers movie at the end. Oh, that's awesome! So yeah, so that was that was kind of cool. And I went to Grand Central as well. I you, you saw, went to Grand Central, didn't you? Yeah, I went to Grand Central and saw the. Um, where the, obviously the fight takes place in there as well and that sort of thing. But yeah, uh, and Avengers Tower was right behind it. So yeah, it's cool. That's so fucking cool. And, oh, I love it. Have you been to any like outside of your trip to New York for adventures? Is there any you'd like to go to? Uh, fucking hell. Um, I well, I tried to get to HBO Studios to go see John Oliver's studio, but alas, that wasn't really a tour kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so off the top of my head, not really. Yeah. Um, I've seen the countdown clock. Is that a thing? <laughs> Counts. It was just sat. It was literally just sat on the floor when I went to John Bishop's Bruin. Excuse me, back in 2010, it was just a massive countdown clock, which just sat on the on the on the thing. And I was like, "That's cool." Random place for that to be. That's awesome. Garden location-wise, being I've been to Gloucester Cathedral where they filmed a good chunk of the Harry Potter stuff um, in the first two movies. And also I've been to Harry Potter worlds, a load of the sets and stuff like that there. But where I really want to go to, there's one main place that is Mecca for me. And that is the quick stop in New Jersey where Clerks was filmed, where like everything, Kevin Smith related, goes through the quick stop in New Jersey. That I'm desperate to go to. That is that is a bucket list for me to go there. That is the one for me. I really, really, really want to go there. <laughs> but yeah, let's get some audience answers, shall we? Zara Lavender, she says, I've been to the Coronation Street set in Manchester with my mum, which was really good. Really nostalgic, having watched it years ago. Was definitely hungover, though. <laughs> I mean, like, really badly hungover. And I'd like to visit the Call the Midwife set because it's my favourite show. Nice. Fair play. Uh, Becky Westwood with an answer I didn't expect anyone to ever say. Uh, set from Jaws. I can't work out if she wants to go to a quaint fitting fishing village or she just wants to go in the ocean and swim with sharks. I don't even know where that was filmed. No, normally. I'm going to hope it's the village one, because it'd be a bit weird if she wanted to go swim with sharks. Oh, fair. Lisa Clemens, this I'm so jealous of, said the mansion use for the Rocky Horror Picture Show it is such a cool-looking building. Oh, I'd love to go to that. Uh, Jerry O'Keefe? Jerry Keane? Very keen, yeah. Yes, I finally got it. <laughs> oh, this again, I'm very, very jealous of. I visited the edge of the Sahara Desert whilst I was in Tunisia, and this is where a young rapscallion named George Lucas filmed some scenes as Tatooine for a little unknown project he was working on called Star Wars. I think it did okay for him. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think, think it did so, all right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've heard of that little thing. <laughs> Deborah Harvey, I would love to visit Hobbiton. I've no idea where that part of the movie was constructed, but I know much of it was filmed in New Zealand. I think that's a play. For, I think all Lord of the Rings fans just want to go to New Zealand to find their sets for that. Uh, and Laurie Jean has the exact same answer, pretty much. New Zealand for the Lord of the Rings Shire set on my bucket list. Um, what have we got? What else have we got? Simon Mitchell says the Expanse TV show set as it's one of my favourite book series and TV shows based on said books ever. I'll be honest, Mitch, I don't think I've ever heard of the Expanse. It's, best, it's based in space. 
Um, well, that'd be so a weird it's setting, on Amazon Prime, I think. Oh. It's it's available somewhere. Um, Helen and Jasper absolutely love that show as well. So there we are. I'm assuming you don't want to go to space because the film where it's filmed here. <laughs> Matt Rose says Cadacat from Vikings, which is actually fairly doable as it was filmed in Ireland. There you go. Oh, nice. Up on over. Ireland's had loads. Like, all of Game of Thrones was filmed in Ireland as well, wasn't it? There's quite a lot you can go there. And last but not least, we didn't get many this week. Ruby Goodwin, she says, a filming location. I really want to go to the filming location to Father Ted. Oh, wait, I am. My sister brought me tickets for my birthday. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that would be absolutely awful. <laughs> Awesome. And she says, I've also been to some of the Jurassic Park locations in Hawaii too. Very pretty. Wow. Fucking awesome too. There's so many. That's cool. Hawaii, man, just just in general. That's incredible. I think thank you. I was gonna say, I think someone said that not far from here is where the mansion they use for Wayne Manor in the Christian Bale Batman movies is. That'd be pretty cool to go to as well. Nice. Um, Yeah, if you enjoy James Participation Challenge, Thomas Journal, Karen's Preachings, all the stuff we talked about at the beginning on the interview, then you enjoy the other 74 editions of the Chronicles of Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it be Spotify, Google, Apple, etc. We're also on YouTube at the Chronicles of Podcasts. Make sure you hit that bell, uh, hit the subscribe button, and comment as much as you like. It'd be grand. Thank you so much. You can find all our way about lenses on there. You can find all of our Bloodstock interviews on there and our vlogs of Dublin Crest and of Bloodstock. Dublin Crust has just been announced that it's going to be in the cinemas this year so make sure you go out and watch that little bad boy it's fucking incredible I'm not going to lie to you um you can also find us on the Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast make sure you like that give us a little uh, give us a little share that'd be grand Jamie where can you find us oh where can we find us we can find us going on to Spotify and subscribing to Beyond Extinction and waiting for that nothing more wretched EP to come out very very soon you could definitely do that and find us on the Swiss app at TCO Pod. Jamie, as well as doing that, where else could you find us? You could find yourself sitting there listening to Tom go on about the fact that he was in New York. Did you know he was in New York last week? I bet he didn't. Abs- no idea. Absolutely. <laughs> on the Instagram at TCO Pod. You can also find us on TikTok at TCO Pod, LinkedIn at the Chronicles of Podcasts, or our website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. Uh, we're everywhere, guys. Just fucking subscribe, all right? Just do it. Just like listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying and go out and do it. It would be very, very much appreciated. Really, really would. Shall we say thank you to a few of our friends? Go for first, it. First off, let's say thank you to the man who provides every single piece of music you hear on this show, Mr. Singer Songwriter Matt Roberts. Go check him out on all the social medias at Matt Roberts Music. Make sure you're following on on the old Spotify and wherever you get your music from, ready for new music to be dropped very, very soon. And of course, we heard from him earlier, Mr. Stay Cozy Clothing himself, Braden Barry. Head on over to www.staycozyclothing.com. Add whatever you like the look of to your basket, including that sexy little T-shirt cap combo that Mr. Stevens has got going there. And of course, the Sophie Lancaster Foundation collaborative T-shirt. Add those to your basket and whatever else you'd like the look of. Add that discount code, The Chronicles, and get yourself 10% off your order. A little gift from these guys to you. And last but not least, it is, of course, the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, stamping out prejudice, hatred, and intolerance 
everywhere. We spread that message every single week because it means the world to us, that people be treated with respect, with decency, and just allowed to be who they are. No matter what they are, whether they are alternative or not, you should be feel free and feel safe to be yourself in this world. Since we last spoke, an absolute another goddamn tragedy in this world has happened because someone wanted to be themselves. Where a beautiful 16-year-old girl, Brianna J, her life was taken from her simply because she was trans. That is literally it. Because she was being herself, she was feeling free to be herself in this world, and she was punished for that. It's absolutely ridiculous. And the fact that it's still happening today, it baffles my mind. I literally cannot wrap my head around the fact that this happens in this world. But head on over to sophielancasterfoundation.com, click on hate crime, and there is a questionnaire that I want you all to fill in. If you have ever been treated differently because of the way you dress, the music you listen to, the way you act, however you express yourself, we need this information because it is a hate crime. No matter how you put over bells and whistles you put on it, if you're treated differently because you are from the alternative subculture, it is a hate crime, and we need as much evidence as we can to show to the courts to prove this. Like I said, the fact people are being treated differently for wanting to be who they are in 2023 is absolutely disgusting and ridiculous. And, you know, we need justice for people like Sophie, for people like Brianna. So please help us share that message. Good friend of a show, Mally Malpass, has done an amazing thing in light of what's happened to Brianna. If you go over to his social media pages, he's set up a little merch not merch page and every single bit of merch he sells now 100% of his profits are going to mermaids which is an amazing charity set up to protect trans kids please if you have a couple of pennies support the sophie lancaster foundation support mally and what he's doing for mermaids it would mean the absolute world to us and we cannot wait to see what we are doing with these guys in 2023 so please help us spread that message of equality and being together because we we're all the fucking same at the end of the day <sighs> i got very passionate I don't know, I like it. Thank you to this handsome devil over here, who I've missed so much. And thank you to you too, my friend. It's been glorious. Another another decent episode smashed in that bag there. That's how we get it in. Is that how you smash it into a bag? Is that how you... Uh... Permanently in like a sleeping bag. Oh, okay. Mm. You went sideways first. So I thought you were like, trying to punch someone in the face. I'm trying to keep in the camera angle. <laughs> oh, okay, fair. No, that's fair enough. Um, Jamie, another glorious episode, sir. Another glorious episode indeed, my friend. Wonderful. Beyond Extension, thank you boys so much for coming on the show. We absolutely love talking to you. And a big thank you to Jasmine again for setting the interview up. Uh, but as uh, Jamie, as for this week right here, we'll see you all next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.